episode of the weekly watch list another pop culture podcast brought to you as always by our wonderful partners at mga traffic your one-stop shop for traffic transport and waste do you know who they are will do you know who mga traffic are they are the uh the friends of your ian printercast obviously yep um they're the friends now of this the yes. printercast network we've decided to branch out and, and talk about stuff other than carlton Love it. Just for a change. Uh, my name's Sean Peter Budge, and I'm joined by my co-host, Will Peters. Will? Yes. We've spent a bit of time catching up. We've mm-hmm. done many tours of duty together yep. in the past. Yep. Outside Gate 5, mm-hmm. outside Gate 3. And Gate 7. Outside Gate 7. <laughs> uh, inside Gate 7. Yep. On the concourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we've, we've, we've lived a life. A good life. I don't know. I don't know about that. Opposite one another. We've been going into battle every Saturday <laughs> afternoon <laughs> with the yes. general public. Mm-hmm. So Will and I worked with one another at uh, the Carlton Football Club many, many years ago um, and have basically decided to, to give this a go as a bit of fun. Um, effectively, the concept is pretty simple. Um, it's inspired by, I speaking this to Will, it's inspired mm-hmm. by Steven Soderbergh, the director who at the end of each year will release a list of pretty much everything he's watched. So he, he days and dates it yep. and it's just a list of TV, movies, whatever he's consumed. And it's always interesting to go through um, his list, he does it once a year and you look at it and you go, oh yeah, he's watched this and he's working on this. And, you know, he, last year he watched like Ocean's 8 like 12 times. Yeah, there'd probably be a couple of outliers. Because he's a producer yeah. and he's watching it and you can sort of see he's watched versions 4, version mm-hmm. 5. And it's it's always interesting to see at what stage he is in his private life and his professional life and the like. So we thought we'd piggyback off that but do it weekly. Because mm-hmm. I, I had started doing a yearly one and... To be honest, it was one of those things where I got about, I genuinely got to like mid-Feb yeah. and I was like, what am I doing with this? Yeah. Uh, there's no I, audience for there's it There's no audience. Yep. Am, am I publishing it? Mm-hmm. Who am I doing it for? Yep. And I was kind of like, I like the concept, but how could it work? And I thought if we do it weekly, so what Will and I will do is we record today. As soon as this recording has ended, we start a diary of music, video games, books, movies, TV, we don't need to be so stringent as to Will's driving home yeah. and there's a song on the radio. You don't have to record that. But if, if, it's a, if it's a song or an album you specifically listen to... There's only so much you can say about Tones and I Dance Monkey. Well, that hasn't already been said. <laughs> <laughs> um, did that did that clean up at the Arias? Did I see that one I, like I song of the know. year? I don't watch the Arias. Which is I just, fucking staggering. I just look on Twitter and see who won and then that's all I watch. One song of the year or something. I was like, how? I don't know. But yeah, exactly right. So an example of that would be... A couple of weeks ago, uh, or now a couple of months ago, you know, the, the Killers released a single. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the Killers. Clearly, yep. I listen to the single. Yep. That could be one of my things I record. Uh, and the same goes for you don't need to record. I watch the news yep. or the like. So it's pretty fluid. Um, today, we'll go through a few that have caught our eye in the past week. We only spoke about it late last week. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of today, we'll, we'll obviously begin it um, properly. Yep. So it's a very straightforward concept. We'll uh, talk about the things that we've watched and the things that have interest, interested us. They don't necessarily need to be good as such mm-hmm. um but that's how it goes i want to start things will by confronting yep. you uh-huh. with something you said to me i don't even know what day it was i was here at the computer slaving over a beautiful piece of cover art yep. for our podcast <laughs> the week the weekly watch list and i'm, I'm yep. sitting here that took me a little while to come up with you know <laughs> and i want to i want to tell the listeners this is will's first response to my my cover art which which hopefully you can see this uh, is what you said. Hold on, where is it? Hold on, hold on. There's me telling you what my PlayStation username is. 
Chex Lemino. <laughs> uh, where is it? Fucking hell, we've actually gone back and forth a Waffled, fair bit since... Yes. Uh, It'll be under the picture that you sent. There it is. Well, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> Jesus. You said, don't hate it. Thinner text, not super thin, but you know. Unless you've got a super amazing reason. So basically, <laughs> don't mind it, but I hate the font. <laughs> that was pretty much all you gave me. A man who had contributed nothing to the concept. <laughs> Bearing in mind, I came to Will and said, do you want to do a podcast? Yes. You came to what me. do you want it to be about? <laughs> how, about how about this? Yeah, you came to good. me with a concept. I thought I'd you know throw some a little bit of constructive criticism in there, Creative which really people. got thrown back in my face. <laughs> I think my response was nothing's changing. That's exactly. <laughs> I am the designer. You know what happens? Someone will come back and be like, "Yeah, that font isn't great," <laughs> and, and I'll be like, "Yeah, you're probably right." I didn't want to. We got admit told it this to years will. ago. But yeah, I thought that was a good place to start. I thought that's just typical of Will and I's relationship from the days at the Carlton shop. It's great, but I don't like it. You know what I should have done? I should have produced, remember the sound cube? I should have produced this. Oh, the sound cube, yes. Well, that was a real game changer when we discovered we had in stock a product that was a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> so we, we didn't have to watch Fox Sports. There's only, yeah, only so many replays of Carlton losing you can watch. We didn't watch replay, watch Carlton wins. <laughs> Fuck. All right, so we're going to start off. Do you want me to kick things off? Please, With go something ahead. that I yep. enjoyed in the previous of week. Yep. My first, I suppose we should say, we'll probably have four or five a week. Uh-huh. So my first one this week is a book. Don't get used to that, by the way. There will not be any books coming from my side of the microphone. <laughs> this is a book. Like I said, don't get used to that because yeah. you know, fucking books take a long time to read. Too I'm long. all for books. I've got a couple. They're behind you. Lovely. This book was released in 2005. It's called It's Superman. Right. So it is a novel. It's mm-hmm. an original novel uh, written by a guy called Tom DeHaven, who's basically like, he's like a professor. He's like, I think he, he's an author as well, but he's, he's spoken a lot about like um, pop culture yep. and particularly pop culture of um, yesteryear. Mm-hmm. This is, and I, I don't hesitate to say, this is the best Superman story I have ever read, seen, listened to, heard. Comic right. books, movies, everything. Yep. This book is out fucking standing. Gripping? Hmm? Was it gripping? It was gripping. That's what you want. Basically, as a concept, just to explain the idea, they it's set in like the Depression era. It's set in the early 30s. Mm-hmm. And what they do there is they they basically put Superman where he belongs. Yep. And I'll use an example. Like, you know why uh, the recent Spider-Mans are so good? Why? Because he's a kid. Yep, exactly. He's a, he's a proper teenager. Yep. He's not like... Toby Maguire was there was nothing wrong, but he's like a thirty year old man. Yeah, he looked he looked old. In he looked like a man. high school. Yeah, and you're like oh, that's silly. Whereas Tom Holland, I think when he first played the role, he might have been twenty. Yeah, but he looks like a kid, and you sit there and go, "Fuck, it just works." Yeah, because it makes sense immediately. The whole thing. Yeah, just makes sense. And this thing with Superman, they chuck him in the early thirties, and the idea behind that is that's when he was created. Yeah, so his origin story kind of runs parallel to his creation. Mm-hmm. as a character and his existence in the comics. And, like, it is just absolutely... Lois Lane's fucking... She's feisty. She's fantastic. And everything about it, like, Lex Luthor is this, like... He's a politician, and he's kind of running for mayor. It's in New York. It's not in Metropolis. There are little things that have changed that, you, for the fans' sake, you kind of go, it doesn't have to be in New York. It could be Metropolis. But mm-hmm. it's just so rich with detail. It's the whole era, and you watch, like... You watch what they try to do with Superman now and they try to co-opt him for this modern age 
<clears throat> and they take away all of his optimism because they figure how does he work? How does Superman work in this day and age? And I'll give you another example. You know who did Superman best? Who? Captain America. This, you know, all-American. Oh, yes. All-American guy, his yeah. sensibilities, his hope, his outlook, like all of his characteristics. Yeah. You know, Marvel are doing your premier character, yeah. like on the money. Yeah. And what this does is there's this scene, I'll just briefly describe, it's got one of my favourite. This is a book, by the way, I love so much that I lent it to someone I didn't know this, like he had it for a while. I yep. didn't know where it was. Mm -hmm. I just bought it again. <laughs> I just, I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. I'll just buy it again. Basically, the, the book starts, he's a young kid. He's like teenage, yep. like 15 or something. And he's living in Kansas and he goes on a date, this young girl. And it's all very, like it's this perfect idea, like Spider-Man does that a bit now where it's the, his first date, he's very nervous and it's it all feels very real and very vivid. Mm -hmm. And he goes to the cinema and everything about it is, you know, the matinee, they show the cartoons and then they show the serial and then they show the movie. The scene unfolds. He goes out to the candy bar. A young black boy that he goes to school with is working at the candy bar and he sort of says hi and whatever. Then this drunken guy comes in and basically starts stirring up some trouble. He's like the town drunk. And he gets in a bit of an alterca uh, altercation with the young black uh, boy named Olga. And as a reflex, Clark doesn't mean to, but he intervenes. And the whole scene plays out as an interrogation in the sheriff's office. Yep. So the sheriff's office is like, we've got it. There's a man who's dead. Mm -hmm. um, we just need to get to the bottom of how and how did this happen, et cetera, et cetera. The interrogation unfolds and it's adding more layers to the story, more layers to the story. And the final reveal is the guy pulled a bullet, pulled a gun, sorry. Yep. And he fired two shots at Clark. And you're sort of going, okay, it's unfolding, unfolding. And cut to the chase. They found one of the bullets. We don't know where the second one is. The second shot was fired. The bullet ricocheted off Clark yep. back into the guy who fired it and Clark caught the other one. Right. And the whole time in during this scene, Clark's sitting there nervously, got his clench, uh, uh, fist clenched, nervously, nervously, nervously. And then it ends when he finally runs home and the chapter, the first chapter, the prologue of the story ends with him opening his hand and dropping the dropping bullet. Dropping the bullet, yeah. And it's this brilliant thing where you go, this is a young guy coming to terms with what he can do knowing it's not right, yep. but knowing there's something more for him. And just the whole like world that this book establishes and the whole world that it, that it introduces the character to and the audience to is note perfect. Mm -hmm. Everything about it's just absolutely spot on. And it made me think, I would love to see this adapted and however they choose to do it would be fine by me. Mm. But I would love to see them adapted as a... Have you seen any of the, the DC cartoons recently? Cartoons? No. They do, they do a lot of Batman stuff, mm -hmm. specifically. They did a Superman one. They uh, adapt, uh, adapted Red Sun, which is a popular Superman comic. Mm -hmm. And I thought this would be perfect to adapt to like a feature-length animated film, but done in the old Fleischer cartoon style, like the yep. 40s Superman mm -hmm. cartoon. Have yeah. it in that really rubbery... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fleischer were the guys that did Popeye and yep. Betty Boop. Yeah. Um, and basically mimic the, the, the animation style of the time mm -hmm. with this Superman book that's set in that period. I'd love to, to be a, a movie. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if it ever would be, but as a cartoon. Yeah. Oh. I think they've already got it all kind of set up over the mm. last like 10 years. It'd be hard to make sure... Like, I guess they've done it with Spider-Man. They've re rehashed Spider-Man so many times that they might be able to rehash this, but... Just the margin for error becomes so yeah. so small. Yeah. Like when you don't get it right. Like I'm, I, I don't think Henry Cavill's a bad Superman. No. But I don't, I don't think that he's so good 
that is irreplaceable. I think he's been left without a decent story. Exactly. Yeah. And you sit there and go, like, I don't think it's got to the point where he's just, you can't, he's irreplaceable, he's untouchable. Mm. Um, but, I mean, it's that, I think that, like we say, you're just going to make the right decisions. You know what they should do with James Bond? What? Daniel Craig's last James Bond film comes out, it was meant to be out already, but it comes out in November, I think, or December, No Time to Die. When they reboot it, they should do one in the 60s. Mm. That's a good call. A classic, take him back because he works, James Bond works best as this 60s icon. Yeah. And you strip the technology away. You can still have the funny gags where he's got technology that's too good for the time. Yeah. You know what he, in, in From Russia With Love, you know what he's given for his mission, Will? You know what he gets from Q Branch <laughs> in From Russia With Love? What? He gets, <laughs> he gets a briefcase with some gold sovereigns in it and a knife that pops out of the briefcase. <laughs> that's what he gets. Why? Well, it gives a shit. At the time, you meant to be like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool briefcase. But he uses it. And I think he's got like a powder or flashbang in it as well. Right. That's so, yeah. That's early 60s. And everyone was like, that's amazing. Yeah. In Thunderball, he gets a fucking watch with a Geiger counter. <laughs> <laughs> he always gets like he always gets stuff that's super specific to the plot. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Then. When he's given it, you're like, that's ridiculous. What's he going to use that for? And then he just happens across the exact circumstance yeah. that requires that. It's probably one thing I need to get into. I haven't watched any Bonds before Brosnan. It's a ride. Yeah. It's a ride, man. I've heard. Connery, I've heard. Connery's great. Not all of his films are great. Mm-hmm. Roger Moore's silly. Most of his films are bad. <laughs> Timothy Dalton's okay. Yeah. GoldenEye's excellent. And then the rest are kind of like okay to bad. Mm-hmm. It'd probably be worthwhile revisiting it. The new one's November. Right, okay. But just dipping yourself right yeah, in. And then definitely. this could be a recurring thing. I think they're all on Stan, I think, in Australia. I think they're all on Stan. They usually do it when the film comes out too. Like, um, the new one was meant to be out in April mm-hmm. when Foxdale did like a channel. Yeah, They yeah, just yeah. ran them back to back yeah. to back. Um, so they'll probably do that. They'll probably do a pack or something when they come out. But It's Superman is amazing. Yep. Phenomenal book mm-hmm. uh, for anyone who likes comic books, for anyone particularly who likes Superman. If you've yep. never read it, um, you need to because you'll mm-hmm. love it. That's my number one. That's good. What's That's... your number one, William? My number one is something that I've picked up in the last... Well, I've been watching it easily a couple times a week. This better not be what I think it is. It's, it is. Um, <laughs> it's, it's something that a lot of people really... A lot of people in my age bracket, gender bracket, really don't get or understand, but no. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy is one of the single greatest shows oh, I've, <laughs> I've ever watched. Oh, in, terms of, in terms of a soap, I haven't really dipped my toe into a lot of soaps in my life, but the way I started watching this was so weird. So it started probably Christmas just passed. I luckily got a switch from my beautiful girlfriend. Oh, switch. Maddie, yes. Can we sidebar? Yep. Are they worth getting? If you love classic Nintendo, yes. I've been thinking about it. Because there is like a basically an arcade you can download what that have has... You, have, what games have you got? I've got... Um, oh, I've downloaded a bunch of free ones, but I've got uh, Pokemon Sword, mm. the blue one. Uh, came with a Mario Kart 8 download which has basically the best of the, all the last Mario Karts in Mario it. Kart's just good. Yeah. Um, I'd love to get Smash Brothers. I probably yeah. should have got it already. Um, but any t- I've played it a lot on 
her sister's Switch mm-hmm. as well because they've got um, probably 10 games. So if you love classic Nintendo, yes. The only reason Big I didn't fan. get one um, relatively recently mm-hmm. was because they're out of stock. Yeah. If they, if they had them in stock... I, I so killed it. If they had them in stock, I, yep. I might have been tempted to pull the trigger. Mm. Um, but go back to your Grey's Anatomy. So, yeah, Jesus. started with basically... <laughs> Grey's Anatomy, all the seasons from 1 to 14 got released on Stan. Ugh. And as a you know a filler show that I think a lot of girls in general, they always have one show that they just chuck on where mm. they can be on their phone and do something and always have it on. It obviously is such a big show in the way it's a historical soap what a huge, huge soap in, in the world of soap are you putting it up against it be like, up there are you you're putting it in the same category as bold and the beautiful days of our lives i think so er i, I never watched er oh. so i couldn't really i just all, all i know about er is that it's got the chick from bender like beckham in it that's all i know yeah she's in it um george clooney but basically so started playing switch and i just sit there playing my switch while maddie watches some grays maddie's mm-hmm. my girlfriend and I just, every so often I'd look up and watch a scene and go, oh, whatever. And I had this, I had this opinion on Grace before I started watching it. And mm. by season three, I was switched down full ball into Grace. How long does an episode go for? 42? Depends, Jesus. honestly. Can, can go for 42, sometimes goes up to like 50, 52. Yeah. Um, but... Early seasons, it's you know, it's like any kind of developing show. It needs to it, find its voice. Yeah, and they need to figure the characters uh-huh. out. Yep. Um, but by like season seven or eight, you are you're, you're in. It's it in is, the groove. It is so good. It's found the groove. Yeah. When did um you're gonna need to? When did Patrick Dempsey? Yep. Is which he's Mc he's McDreamy. McDreamy. Yep. He is he dead in the show? Currently, yes. Currently, yes. They are season. 17 at the moment. Does that mean he might be coming back? Oh, who knows? But no, he died pretty He died pretty convincingly. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like we can have a really niche... Was there a, a funeral? Uh, yes. Did you see the body? No. Oh. But you see him... Basically, you, see, you see him die in the way he does. I'll spoil it because I doubt Mate, people that listen to this. When did he die? What season did he die? Um, I'm going to say 13. 13? Yeah. He did 13 years of it this. It lasts a while. The love story between Meredith and Derek is insane. Jesus. It lasts, it lasts for ages. I thought he might have... Because what are they up to now? 16? 16 or 17, yeah. See, I thought he might have ducked out. You know, like usually they're the ground floor and they, they get about eight or nine years in yeah. and then they, they get tired of it and move uh-huh. on. I thought he would have ducked out long before 13. <sighs> it has It has everything. He tried to cross over though. He tried to cross over into the movies, and he's not bad. Like I'm going to be practically like he's yeah. not bad. Out of it, there's obviously um, oh, who's that blanching? It's Catherine not Heigl. Shut. Yes, Heigl and Dempsey, and I was watching Knocked Up the other night. Yeah, yeah. good good film. Yeah, it is a good film. Um, there's a handful of people that have come out of the show pretty well. Um, Alan Pompeo. Yep. And where was I going with this? I don't know. Um, That's the beauty of it. Yeah, this. it's got it's got everything. It's got obviously beautiful looking women, bit of sex, beautiful looking men, lots of sex. Okay, lots of um, sex. It's a very incestual hospital that they oh. work in, Seattle Grace. You would have thought that'd make it uncomfortable for everyone. Yeah, um, but it's got some really, you know, it's got mixture of races, mixture of genders, chasing cars, <laughs> chasing cars. That episode is <laughs> probably one of the worst things I've ever watched. I think it's about season eight. You get in and there's an introduction of a few different characters and basically this lesbian couple that 
has they're about to have a baby. The father of the baby though is one of these lesbians. Sorry, but one of them is bi, one of them is lesbian. The bi female has had sex with a with one of the male doctors, McSteamy. McSteamy. Um, Which one's who's he? Sorry, who's he? Uh, he plays he someone in X Men. Um, I forgot his name. I'm gonna look this up while you. Please do. Um, he uh, he. They basically had a, had a kid, and then <laughs> you search McSteamy. The, 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 I'm gonna go through the Google responses. All go I've got, ahead. all I've genuinely got in is McSteamy. Yep. McSteamy dies. McSteamy and McDreamy. McSteamy actor. McSteamy death. McSteamy versus McDreamy. It's like Alien v Predator and <laughs> Kramer v Creed Kramer. Battle of Ages. McSteamy that one. first appearance. I'm gonna go McSteamy actor. Yeah. Who is he? I know this guy. He yes. was in um uh he was in Marley and Me. Yes. Yes. Mark Sloan is Mark, his. Mark. Yeah. So he's he's Mark Sloan. Eric Dane. Yes. He's he's very good. So it's got beautiful women, beautiful men, beautiful and it's women. got. An array of different characters, depending on what I'm, you know, there's big physical guys that love punching on. Yeah, what? His name is Alex Karev. He basically, he's come from this troubled childhood oh. where his dad beat him up. So he basically f- sorts out any problem with violence. Um, wow. He was in X-Men. Yeah, but he's got... One of the bad X-Men's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think he was there for very long, to be honest. That wasn't his fault, though. No. So what you're trying to tell me here mm-hmm. is that you've been... I think that there's a little bit of... A little bit of Maddie's influence. Oh, 100%. Yep. And, and you know, I think you play in the game. <laughs> no, sorry. At one, there was there was a point where... So, Grey's Anatomy basically sets up a finale over two episodes. A finale of a season. Okay. They will basically do it over two eps. Yeah, okay, okay. So, the finale is a two-parter. And Maddie will be there just chilling, maybe crying here and there because yeah. she's a very emotional woman, my it's girlfriend. She cries... Mate. The drop of a... It's an emotional, emotional show. Yeah. So she's there probably crying and then I'm there like in a cold sweat going, this is exhilarating. This is tense. (laughs) This this is like open heart surgery without the morphine. (laughs) So it's like to this day, I never really seen through a lot of TV shows other than maybe Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. Yes. But Grey's Anatomy is one of the best shows I've watched. You know one of the best things to do with a show when you've and I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna use this example a little bit later on with one of the other other topics I'm gonna talk about. Yep. Um, one of the best things to do when when you find a show is to kind of find it late. Yes. Because then the, this isn't a show. But you with, can binge it with the Bourne movies. Yep. So I never watched the Bourne movies at the cinema, not because I thought they were rubbish or they didn't appeal to me. I, I just yep. I, it's one of those things you just miss them and whatever. Mm-hmm. But then the third one came out. Uh, Ultimatum was coming out at the cinema. Yep. And a few mates were going to see it. You know what the best thing in the world was? Mm. I watched the whole Bourne trilogy in the space of about 36 hours. <laughs> and it was great. Like, yep. they were great films. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I didn't have to wait six years. Yeah. It's, being able to binge is probably one of the best things it's bad. to come out of our generation. <sighs> oh, devil's advocate, because I yep. do agree. I do agree that particularly when you find a show that um, has still got some life in it, mm-hmm. so you can kind of catch up and yeah, get, yeah, to, yeah. get to the present day. When I, I love nothing more. One of my best TV experiences was watching the first season of Westworld, mm-hmm. which was a week to week. And it was the most engrossing, like compelling. Every week, I would watch the episode about three times. Mm-hmm. I'd watch it on the Monday when it came out. Yep. I'd probably watch it again, maybe the Wednesday. And then I found myself watching it on the Sunday 
so I was so vivid with like, what? Where are we? Yeah. Where Where are the characters and what's happening? And that was such an exhilarating feeling that I wouldn't have had if they just dumped all ten episodes. Yeah. They're all out. I think it definitely works both ways. I think the ability to go back and binge something in totality is good, mm-hmm. but I sometimes worry: do you or are you missing? If you do it, are you missing sort of the finer points? Occasionally, things can kind of zip by you very quickly, and you say, yeah. oh, "I didn't." Where are we? Yeah, I, I would that. have. I would have loved to watch it back in the day, week by week, because mm-hmm. some of the endings that they leave you on are insane. And it's it's and you too. Like you feel like when you do that, sometimes as well, you feel like you're part of a community, mm. and it's you're all waiting together and you're all speculating together. Yes, and, and that's good fun. It's not good fun when people's theories are bullshit. No, to the point where me and Maddie have joined oh, no. a Grey's Anatomy memes page, which has somewhat ruined some of the yeah, further seasons because yeah, we got yeah. to a point and we'll see someone leave or they go, oh, what about this person dying? And you're like, oh. Oh, what I do you mean? really liked them. He's currently alive. Yeah. Where so, I am. Yeah, so, that's, uh, so my first one is Grey's. Grey's is, Anatomy. Yeah, Grey's Anatomy. Well, big, I, I was stunned because Will actually asked... Um, he brought this up. The reason I kind of had a heading that Will's, ana- uh, Will's Anatomy, that Grey's Anatomy would be <laughs> <My> mentioned. <laughs> Keep that to yourself. Um, was because you'd mentioned it on the weekend. Yeah. And I, as a matter of course, like I looked it up. I couldn't believe, and it makes sense, I suppose you think about it. You're like, it's been running for 16 years. It's insane. It's nuts. Good for whoever created it, man. Those sweet residuals. Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> Is that like... It's that like whenever I think of Brooklyn Nine Nine, I I, I, go, I always think of shh, not a doctor. <laughs> Legit, Fremula. Yeah. So, <laughs> Fremula. So it comes. Yeah. It says before the start of any episode created by Shonda Rhimes, and occasionally it's the same. It's just like black is, text on a white screen. Is it like an audio like that Fremulon thing? No. Oh, I, uh, on stand, no, because it's just like one episode to the next. You don't get like the sponsors or anything. Because whenever I whenever I watch like Brooklyn Nine Nine's yeah, yeah. on or whatever, mm-hmm. I genuinely. The episode will end and I'll be like on my phone or something. I'll be on my phone and I'll I'll just go, Fremula. So Grey's Anatomy, you started us. I like it. It's off off Broadway. It's Mm -hmm. off the beaten track. I'm a fan of that suggestion, not a fan of the show. I've never watched it. But um, there was certainly a time there before we move on that like if you're a musician, the only thing you wanted in the world wasn't radio play. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an award. It was, can we write a song sappy enough to be used in the Grey's finale? Well, half the time, all of their songs are, aren't sappy songs, but they're covered into yes. a sappy song. Yes. So I'm sitting there listening to a song going, I know this. I know this. And it's not this version. This is Hey Ya by Outcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is the solemn funeral march version. All I'm waiting for is like a acoustic Rick roll. Oh, yeah. That's That'd top everything up. That'd be a deep cut. Yeah. That'd be good. Mm. <laughs> my my next one. Yep. I think this is uh, closest to your heart, Will. Mm-hmm. Spoke about it with Born Identity is the mm-hmm. best way to watch it. Isn't to invest from day one. Yep. It's to invest at the last day. Mm-hmm. COD World War Two multiplayer zombies. Right. This is currently free. I don't know if it's currently free, but it, you know they have Windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was a free download on the oh, PS boy. Store. This is the way to consume these sort of games. Wait three years. <laughs> <laughs> have them be released, wait three years for them to become a free download, yep. have double XP, yep. like constantly. Yep. I just thought, oh, maybe it's an introductory offer. No, <laughs> it's every game is double XP. You want to play this game? Double XP. You oh, for you, for you, I, for you. I, I'm at level 45 
I've played it for like four days. <laughs> it's fantastic. I level up every game. Yep. Um, but it made me think, like, where gaming is now from like a multiplayer perspective, for me, the Halcyon days of multiplayer gaming, mm-hmm. and this is a generational thing as well, because yep. it'll, it'll, it'll be different for different generations. <laughs> Halo 2 Land Knights, this is as close, playing it online with some mates, just zombies, just running around, silly, yep. is as close as I felt to Halo 2 Land Knights, which were the pinnacle of group gaming. Yeah, you will me. have to fill my brain with Halo 2 because Mate, it's missed yeah. out. We could play being, it. being PlayStation as a as a junior. I never, fun yeah. story with Halo. Mm-hmm. When I got my very first Xbox, yep. it came with three games. It came with there was a racing. They always come with a fucking racing game. Mm-hmm. That's like not Forza. Forza's an no, Xbox. No, I was older than that. Right. Um, they always come with a weird, like a crappy racing game. Maybe Project. Gotham, is that what it's right. called? I don't know. Um, and it came with a weird, like, animated skate graffiti game, which was bizarre. It was kind of okay, but it was pointless. And Halo. Right. They, these were the three games in the pack. And yep. I bought another game to play. Mm-hmm. I wasn't interested in those ones. And I didn't play Halo. I would have genuinely owned it for six to eight months. Right. And it just sat in its plastic wrap. Yeah. Didn't, had no interest in it. Mm-hmm. Combat evolved. Don't know what that means. <laughs> And then one Sunday afternoon, I was flicking through. There was nothing on. had nothing to do. And I thought, I'll open this game. I'll open. I have no idea what it is. I chucked it in. It was life-changing. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there and it was like, this is, this is defining. This whole thing. First level, fall of reach and you're going around. You go, I'm fantastic. And then a few other mates had, had it. And we kind of happened across each other and then started doing land nights. Yeah. Which was good fun. And then Halo Amazing. 2 came out. Yeah. This had a midnight launch at EB Games, yeah. which was packed. And it was like, you know when something great comes out, and you're yeah. like, that is awesome. And they're like, we're going to do another one. You're like, excellent. You're like, but are you going to ruin it? Fuck no. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. We're not going to ruin it. We're going to take everything that's amazing about Halo and we're going to dial it the fuck up. Yeah. And everything about it was great. The maps, the guns, the mechanics, everything. Yeah. And I remember playing COD like... It's good fun, but I find that games nowadays, and you'd be more on this because I haven't really played many of the other the CODs at all. Yeah. It's so visceral. Mm-hmm. Like it's so frantic. Yeah. It's, it's just something that Call of Duty does really well is that, is it what you have, is it like four friends? Yeah. That you, yeah. So something they do well is that depending on the game, whether it be a, just a multiplayer or even like a battle royale that's coming out. Yeah. They make it so that you can basically never like never relax i i find myself like not blinking sometimes and i'm like next wave in 20 seconds (laughs) so you so you have your 20 seconds and then you need to go get health again you need to go get some perk i need to get blitzes you need ammo where's sprint yeah (laughs) it's um i got into yeah i got into black ops 2 zombies and we got to a point where we're playing with mates up to like three in the morning much to my mother's disappointment but it's very loud. Too. Oh, very loud. Do, do you not have headphones? I no, I do. do I, I just haven't. Like, I suppose the TV would have headphones, wouldn't it? No, for your PlayStation. I've got the headset. Get a head. Get an overhead, uh, over ear headset. Changes your life. You but hear, I like people to know everything. I like people to know that I'm in in battle. <laughs> <laughs> Mom. <laughs> I just like people to be able to hear me firing off that MG42. <laughs> get free fire happening and just mow those zombies down. But, um, yeah, Call of Duty does. 
I guess that's why they're so successful and have been for so long now. Um, they do, they do frantic games it's, very, very well, and particularly zombies by nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They may be slow moving some yeah. of them, but shit. Oh yeah. Like, and it's actually funny you mentioned the Switch earlier because that was part of the appeal when I was I was contemplating getting one mm-hmm. before their um, lack of availability, mm-hmm. their poor supply chain <laughs> let them down. But it was like you look at the the. You look at all the games on the, the Switch and yep. you're like, Luigi's Mansion looks fun. But mm-hmm. it's as far away from COD zombies as so you could slow. possibly get. Yeah. But it just looks, you're looking at that looks fun. Zelda, love Zelda. Yeah. You're like, Zelda looks fun. Like Mario Kart, we all know what Mario yeah, Kart course. is. Yep. But you're looking at all the all the Switch games and you're like, this is just a, a really retro style of gaming. Forget mm-hmm. about all the retro games you can play. Yeah. But just their gaming philosophy mm-hmm. is very like what I grew up with on the SNES and then yep. the 64. Mm-hmm. And then like PlayStation came along with like Twisted Metal. Yeah. And just and ev- and GTA. Uh-huh. And everything became like just oppressively frantic. There's so many games that so many like the, the gaming community adore mm. because they're this big story they're long and you know when new playstations come out new games will come out that have the graphics to go along with it and everyone just basically creams themselves i'm sitting here going i need the most frantic game possible i cannot i cannot commit to three months of a story i'm too old for that i just i'm like i'm like i need is there can we can we go on like like red dead can we just go for a ride (laughs) can i ride a horse and shoot a cow can we just (laughs) can i can i just go meet someone i just need to go find old Jeremiah in the exactly, woods. Exactly. Yeah. I just do side missions. That's yeah. all I, I don't want to do a mission that takes me three days. It's not fun for me anyway. I need. What did you, did you play Red Dead? Oh, briefly. Again. Briefly. It was, it was too slow for me. What? I'm I'm a quick shoot 'em up guy. Red Dead is a masterpiece. Which I've heard. I played a lot of GTA, not Red Dead, which is basically an yeah, a, a Western. Yeah. GTA. Like Red Dead is as close. Like, I don't throw out... Because for games, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's so much content and there yep. is so much filler. Yep. But Red Dead is a vibe. Like, you sit there. I need a Stetson. <laughs> like, I almost feel like... I almost want to kid up. Yep. Like, put on the spurs and sit down and be like, I'm ready for this. Let's so go. Need someone... Yeah. Tossing a... Uh, tossing a... What are those things called? Yeah. In the Western uh, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, roll yeah. across the screen. Fucking hell, you've made me forget it's what not, it is. It's not a hay bale. No, it's, it's not. It's a, a tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. But it's, but it's it's just the whole thing is just like this incredible, like incredible vibe, and it's the same reason why getting off track we'll do that a lot, is the reason I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah, is because the film was just a vibe. Mm. The film was just all you get bought all, in. To it the was time. all character, yep. and it was like as in of the the era and the time and the yep. sets and the world, and it was just all this fucking enveloping warm blanket of, and that's the thing with Red Dead, it's so meticulously put together. Yeah. And it's just brilliant. But back to COD Zombies. Mm-hmm. Like I said, for people out there, I don't know if it's still free, but um, the ultimate irony, Will, is you look at my Xbox pile, I do have COD World War Two there. <laughs> I saw so, that before. I was like, it's free download, but you have it there. Interesting. I don't, I don't know, man. And they probably wouldn't have had crossplay back then, so it's not like... Yeah, crossplay is like seems like the, the last like year and a half. It's crossplay to seem something that was so obvious that yeah. if you own the game... And particularly if it's a cross-platform game, it's like just dump you all in the same server. I think so many executives of big entertainment companies like Sony and mm. Microsoft um, 
just didn't want to. They didn't want to budge. And you're like, if you if it's legitimately, it's this. You're both selling the game. Yeah, it's the same. I can understand if it's something like uh, like Spider Man. Yeah, clearly is a PS4 of exclusive. Yeah. Totally like protect like Halo will yeah. be a, an Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like I totally understand. Yeah, but when you're cross platforming, like it doesn't matter. I'd love for someone to correct me, but I think it came with Fortnite. I okay. think crossplay started with Fortnite. Don't even get me started on Fortnite. Because it was basically, it was so popular and like. Explain it to me. Why was this game popular? I'm going to sound like the old man yelling at a cloud of because course. because I remember my one of my uh, younger cousin was playing it. Yep. And I'd heard all about it. Yep. Because you know, massive. It was as you know, it was huge. Taking over the world. Taking like legitimately. Took over the Aussie Open. It was, they have their le- own event for it. It was Continue. legitimately the yep. only thing people were playing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes gaming goes through those peaks and troughs yeah. where it's a particular COD is yeah. the be-all and end-all or FIFA yeah. is, you know. But this Fortnite, I remember being like, yeah, I've seen it, I've seen it, I haven't played it, but he was playing it. And I was like, this is shit. <laughs> the whole thing. It's like the whole this whole thing is crap. Yeah. It looks crap. Third person is a disgrace. I love third person. Oh, my God. When Modern Warfare 2, they used to have like that little third person oh. playlist. I occasionally, if there was enough people in that playlist, I'd go in just to play it. It's cheating, third person. It's crap. And it's the whole thing. I remember just watching it and like just thinking this is garbage. Mm. But it was the most popular thing in the world. Yeah. I don't. I think it was, I guess it took off first season and second season didn't really, I think they didn't really have a concept of seasons until season two, essentially. Yeah, okay. It was just this game that everyone played much like PUBG and... Um, you know, that could be made up. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, there's a, there's a world of battle royales before Fortnite. And then what they had done is basically cartoon the whole thing mm. to make it appealable to families, kids. Like you look at all these other guys, they feel like COD. They're like dark. Yeah. yeah. You're in a swamp. Feels real. Yeah. <laughs> it feels, feels real. Feels painfully yeah. real. Whereas Fortnite, you've got these chests that make this like godly sound that yeah. glow gold. It's and actually then, very Nintendo-y. Yes. And you've yeah. got, fun fact, Fortnite is actually also on Nintendo Switch. You play under the mobile banner. So oh, phones, switches okay. are in the same thing. But basically they cartooned the whole concept of Battle Royale. And then for so long, it just, it was all, you look. You looked at Twitch or Mixer, it was all the big streamers were playing. And it what Epic Games wanted it to be was basically everyone builds up these forts and they're fighting from each other, which it started as. Mm. You basically had people that could build and couldn't build, but then it turned into this, so you're like, as the idea would be, you've yep. got different roles. Kind of, yeah. Kind you of. have someone that's in charge of building something yeah, and then okay. someone that's distracting to shoot or whatever. But it turned into this elite game that you could only basically win if you... Killed everyone. Yeah, which is the point of a battle royale. But if you weren't good enough, you couldn't win. Yeah. So you had to get good. And there was so many kids that would, you know, stay home and... <laughs> Like just that, all they all they would do is just build. Some guys have made ridiculous money. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, and like, it also feels like this whole thing for gaming. Once again, old man yelling at a cloud. I don't understand this recent thing where it's become so profitable, and I can't argue with the money because the mm-hmm. money's there. Yeah. But this idea of like people packing out an arena to watch other people play FIFA or mm. Fortnite or something. Yeah. Just be like. What are you I think it's doing? Just, it just comes with change because yeah. I can. I the other morning was sitting down watching 
someone stream for an hour and a half while I ate my breakfast and what were they streaming? Call of Duty Warzone. Okay. Um, which I'll get onto a little bit later, but <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, but basically, it's they yeah they cartooned the whole thing and made it appealable to that younger generation, mm. and then obviously YouTube is now what young kids watch as TV basically. Yeah. Um, and then took over YouTube and. There was just so many people were making money off it to the point where, as I said before, the Aussie Open would have like a pro-am um, where they'd get... These, That's so much more accessible, these, isn't yeah. it? Like the idea of a pro-am for something like that yeah. is so much more accessible to so many more kids than even tennis is. 100%. And particularly golf. Cause You're golf taking a shit. huge global event yeah. and going, oh, here's some Fortnite on the side where... And here's Novak Djokovic yeah. or whoever it might be. Yep playing Fortnite exactly with you've got yeah you've got who's Oz- a popular Fortniter <sighs> not anymore oh, like there's basically laser beam but you he, team him up with like, yeah yeah he was teamed with one yeah, I think he was team, teamed with Husey of all people wow actually when it was wow. huge um but yeah it's kind of died now because they just like they just tried to do too much that's the that's the thing isn't it like we mentioned that with Halo, you know, briefly for me was yep. at its peak was when it was relatively simple. Yeah, it's when it was, it's fun. It was relatively arcadey. Yeah. And then everyone everyone gets or sometimes I don't blame them as such because you have to, you know, fly clo- too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. But everyone gets tied up in the notion of bigger will be better. Yeah. And we'll like one of the maps in Halo is called Blood Gulch. Yeah. Just Mac in a, in a canyon, iconic, iconic map. Yep. You know, two forts at either end, perfect for pretty much any game. Catch of the flag, etc. Like um, just a, a four on four, you know, team slayer or whatever. Yep. Perfect map for pretty much every game type. And then it started to get a bit bigger, mm. and it started. You know, the forts got a bit bigger, and it all just became a little bit too much yep. to the point where you were like, yeah. "There was nothing wrong with it the way it exactly. was." Exactly. Yeah. But and, and to like things just naturally you know run their course mm-hmm. in terms of popularity. Like Fortnite has been insanely popular for a number for of years. Two and a half years. There's always going to be a bigger fish. There's yep. always going to be something coming down the pike to that'll capture people's attention. Not because it's bad, yeah. but just because people want what's next. And they also bought in the concept of a free game, yeah. full of microtransactions. Yes. At its peak, I don't. I couldn't even tell you how much I probably spent on the game. Just because little things that come little out and things. go, that's cool. I want it. I need a gun. Not even, no, it's, it's all cosmetic. All cosmetic? All cosmetic. Oh, wow. So kids these days are asking for V-Bucks, which is their currency. <laughs> V-Bucks. To buy skins <laughs> so they can have a certain I skin. See, see, that's interesting you say that because I assumed it was like items for the game. Like you could no, buy... No, their whole thing is that they don't want to pay to win. You pay to... That's a good idea though. I do like that. Yeah. So they Nothing were... worse than when you get like a new card or something. Yeah. And like, like even World War Two. Yeah. And you load up, and I've got a dog shit like pistol. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, what? So you buy, you'll basically put in two thousand V bucks, which is equivalent to about thirty bucks, okay. twenty five dollars. Um, and you then go and buy a pack, which has a skin, a certain axe, and then something like a, a camo wrap or something. Okay. And you do that if you do that once a month. Yeah. You're spending twenty five. You're spending a hundred bucks over the course of like a season and then also a season cost $15 to well play. EA Sports got a lot of flack didn't they for the idea of, were they the ones that introduced season pass couldn't tell you but they got a lot of flack for that yeah in the idea being that I remember um, 
buying and this game to be honest cod's probably the first game i've played to this level since uh the first star wars battlefront yeah which was just the same thing it was such a simple game it was just mm. good fun it was just a basic shooter yeah but they introduced for the next one maybe maybe battlefront one but they introduced the season pass idea and you're like yeah. well people's argument was i've already bought the game yeah for 70 bucks 80 bucks yeah and now you want me to pay 80 bucks Oh, 100%. Yeah. A year. Yeah. Like, but I've already bought the game. Yeah. And I've already bought the online subscription through Xbox or PS, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. 10 bucks a month. Yeah. You know, yeah, I've already bought that though. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and that's where the angst came. I don't mind necessarily the idea of, I love it, the idea of DLC. Yeah. The idea of saying every three months, here are X number of new maps. Yeah. Here's new weapons or mm. new game types, maybe. Yeah. Love it. Which have been, that's been happening. Yeah. Too. Yeah, and you go, years. you go. That's great. Yep. But the idea of like, where do you stop asking for the money? Yeah. Is whereas the, they're not asking for the money. They just go, here's an option. Yeah. You can get it if you want. Exactly right. And so every three months is a new season, and you you've got Epic Games having million, like just say five million players. Five million players then buy a fifteen dollar. <laughs> it's good money. A fifteen dollar season pass. Yep. And then coming with the new season becomes with new skins every yeah. day in the item shop. Like, and you've got any big streamer, they'll put in $150 worth of these bucks and then buy every skin. So they have every skin. Yeah. It's just, it was, it was crazy. At its peak, it was insane. Well, it becomes compulsive, doesn't it? Because yep. you're like, I need to have, what's the new one? Exactly. Then they bring back ones that were in the game first season. Yeah, okay. Can't get any more. They bring them back. So everyone's like, oh my God, now I can be like an OG. But you're not. Exactly. You're a fraud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there, that's that's my COD World War II Zombies is, uh, like I say, the way to play games is yeah. to wait three years for them to be old and, and then it, get it, them for free. It makes sense. And then just level up like it's no one's business because it's double XP. Yep. Um, that's the way to do it. I think that's the way we should all be consuming media. <laughs> it, make, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> wait um, for it to be free. So my second, on still on the topic of gaming, Excellent. is the current Call of Duty uh, Battle Royale, it's Call of Duty Warzone. You've told me to get this. Yes. Now, not told as such. Told makes it sound too hard. You've suggested I get this because this mm -hmm. is apparently also free. Warzone is. The Battle Royale element of the game is. Mm. Um, if you buy the full game Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, mm -hmm. it comes with Warzone. Um, so it's I basically... I have a Call of Duty Advanced Warfare on the Xbox. Is it Advanced Warfare? Hold on. Call of Duty. I don't. Even, I couldn't even tell you what the actual four games called. I don't even know what they're up to. But it's basically, um, is that it? Show me. No. What's it called? Call anyway. So Call of Duty um, have released their version of Battle Royale, which they've done. I think one, two, one or two times before this current uh, edition, I mm -hmm. guess. And it's basically being compared to the original feeling that call of duty gave you when modern warfare 2 kind of came about the hype around that it gives you that old school kind of cod feeling what so, is that feeling is it is it more arcadey no it's just a feeling of a new game that's doing everything right okay it's um, such it's it's such a fine margin for error yeah when you're when when you're doing like what cod who makes cod uh, Infinity Ward. Infinity Ward. Yeah. When you're doing what Infinity Ward do, you've got this ridiculously popular game series uh -huh. that you release a new game for yeah. every year. That's your license to print money, etc. But maintaining that and maintaining like an authentic vision of it yeah. and staying 
in, like I said, that margin for error is so small yeah. for what feels like, does this feel like COD? Mm. Does this feel like something else? So when they made, Modern Warfare was the original one and then they came out with World at War, I think, which was made by the people that made Black Ops yep. and then came out Modern Warfare 2 and that was based around Iraq, Afghanistan, mid-2000s, that mm. sort of era. And what they've done is basically bring back characters from Modern Warfare 2 and bring it into... Oh, the game's called Modern Warfare. So they've basically oh, okay. rejigged it to bring it back because at one stage they were just going futuristic, futuristic yep. to the point where you were running on walls and like, yeah, jetpacks. And everyone was like, this isn't Call of Duty. Yep. Um, and they, they lost a lot of people, which is why Fortnite kind of took off. Then people would be happy to a certain point, I reckon. Yep. They'd be like... The evolution is happening. Yeah. And they'd be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. they brought it back and everyone's like, oh, thank God. Yeah. So what they've done in Warzone is there's um, a kind of a different sort of type of in-game, in the game that you can play. It's all about getting cash and yep. leveling up things, which no one really plays. But then they've got Battle Royale solos, duos, trios, and quads. So you can either play by yourself, play with another mate. They've only just bought in duos, but... It kind of got released as isolation started. So yep. everyone's like, oh, what am I going to do? Download Warzone. I love the idea, like once again, and this is, like we say, different generations you know, prefer a different thing. I, yep. I love on the old Halo, yep. which was it was just, just four on four deathmatch. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was just first to 50 kills, yep. 100 kills, yep. whatever it is. And it's just so simple. There's just no great bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. it's such a simple concept. And the gameplay marries up with that. Yeah. And like you say, I mean, when you start to get away from that, that's when, yeah, like your fans start kind of going, uh, mm. yeah, so it's okay, but... Infinity Ward probably couldn't have dreamt of a better situation to release their game in. A global pandemic. Yeah. So You're they released this right. Battle Royale six months after um, the full game was released. Mm -hmm. And then obviously COVID hits. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, so the marketing for Warzone just... You were seeing it everywhere. No one's at work. No one's at school. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has to work from home, in inverted commas. Not a lot of work going on. No. Um, I was playing with all of my mates that work full time most days when I was unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> so there yeah. really wasn't a lot of work going don't on. Don't you have to be at work? I am at work. I am at work. <laughs> I'm doing nothing. I'm doing nothing. I'm um, But it's, just, it's brought back the... It's a nostalgic feel for all the kind of what are now... 20-somethings so like myself. Isn't it? It's so funny how yeah. that, that like you got something like for me, those initial CODs were like right at the tail end of yeah. my great interest yeah. in it. Mm -hmm. But like you say, there's a, the next generation. Yeah, I'm kind of the one who, below you. For them, yeah. this is like the be all end all. Yeah. This was this was the good old back. days. This is what this is what it's about. It's so funny. Like this the passage of time works, and it's like you think back further to me, like I remember playing you know, those original Doom. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. like Doom Eternal comes out recently. Yeah. And you're sort of like, wow. Mm. Like this is how far it's all come. This is unbelievable. In such a short period of time. Yeah. Like, so in the, in the space of essentially six or oh, four months, they've had two seasons, I think. Um, one's about to start with all the, they basically set their political foot and their delaying it until something about Black Lives Matter is fixed. Well, no one wants to be seen to... No, you know, sort of... And, like, forgetting about yeah, it. And yeah, so yeah, it's a bad look. 
commercially. Yeah, so they're waiting until it's kind of died down and somewhat resolved yeah. to, to start the new season, which people don't really mind. Um, but yeah, my... It's such a tricky... Once yeah. again, we speak about margin for error. It's such a tricky line for them to walk to be like... What's happening is really serious, but yeah. we've got this new Be game. Excited. Yeah, go, go. You can think about that later. Yeah, we care. Yeah, yeah we do but care. Still buy our season pass. We care. Pass. Black lives matter more than any lives to us. However, season pass is available now. Yeah. Buy it. Yeah, it's a it's a hard one for them to mm-hmm. be seen to be serious about whatever the issue of the day might be. Yeah. Whilst also shifting product. Yes, of course. It's hard. So, um, yeah, Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone is my second pick. Excellent. Because it was, yeah, it's been, it's what's got me through isolation. So I can buy this on the PS Store. For free. For free. You download it for free. Excellent. Play for free. If you want to purchase things in the store, like either, you can either do skins (laughs) or a season pass. So then you can kind of work towards unlocking things. I want people to see me and go he's wearing the generic gear. He's got the generic gun. <laughs> this guy sucks. <laughs> this guy has not paid a cent. Why is he running that gun? Oh, he must be bad. He Kill must him. Be- oh, oh shit. <laughs> It'll be tricky though like to get on that because I've just been playing against zombies. Yeah. Like they're just fodder. But I think there's a lot of people that have come into Warzone having either not had a gaming console before. Mm-hmm. Or never really played a lot of Call of Duty, and you can tell when, oh, when you play with them or you play against them. Having Call of Duty experience and just kind of knowing the mechanics of how the game works—that's literally the word I was going to use. Yeah, was mechanics. You'll you'll un- it'll come to you like a second nature. Cause, so because all those classics that I used to play was were they, they got their own look and feel. Yeah, and COD is yeah a little bit more. I hasten to say real, but just in terms of it's a little less. Um, a little more unforgiving, yeah. shall we say, in terms of your aim yeah, and all that kind of stuff, where like, you are. Yeah, like in Fortnite, you've got, you, you can build to protect yeah. yourself. In COD, if you're not behind a rock, you're screwed. You're done. You Like, you need cover. There'll be someone shooting you. Yeah, so it's like, which coming straight from Fortnite, me and my mates, we're like, why are we dying yeah, all the yeah, time? Yeah. Because we can't build. Yeah. You, you, like, you need to be in cover and then you can be in cars, but then people can also blow you up. Yes. So it's like... You can't just like dodge it and then all get out and be fine. Like, You're never you safe. You're never safe. You are never safe you in can... Call of Duty Warzone. <laughs> I think it's like, that should be life's mantra as well. You're never safe. <laughs> You're never safe. <laughs> my, uh, my other one, I, I uh, found myself, uh, I think you'll get behind these, Will. I found myself over this past weekend for no particular reason other than I hadn't seen the first one for a while. I found myself watching the Iron Man trilogy. Oh boy. Oh wow. Oh boy. What I reckon the first one, like, with not to bury the lead, the mm. first one stacks up to this day. It's by current day standards a very simple film. Yeah. But it is had to be simple. Fantastic. Yeah. Like and, and I, I didn't expect it to be anything other than that because mm-hmm. I remember I've loved it since I saw it. Yeah. But I hadn't watched it now for a, a couple of years. Yeah. And uh watched it and just went, This is as good as I remember it being. This is brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And I always remember not not liking Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. but all the conversations around Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3, they're, they're relatively lukewarm to critical. Yep. I love them. Mm-hmm. I love them. I'm sitting there thinking the second one ended and I was like, oh, this, this has got such a weird rap. Like it's got such a weird... I understand the position they were in. It came out in 2010, I think it was. And they were kind of starting to build towards... and, and um, the Avengers. Yeah. So the film had to kind of 
carry itself as well as yeah. what's coming next. And it was sort of saddled a bit with uh, Age of Ultron was like that as yeah. well. If you watch Age of Ultron, there's yeah. a lot of heavy lifting done for other films. Oh, 100%. Ant-Man and the Wasp is like that. Yes. There's a lot of heavy lifting done yeah. for other movies. You have to watch the whole thing and be like, oh, this yeah. connects to like four other things. Spot on. So it can't, it can't just be its own film, yep. which is, is you know, it's, it's it's a burden for a movie to bear. You can't mm. just tell your story. You've also got to tell yeah. a story that will make sense later. But I watched Iron Man 2 and I was like, it's great. Mm. It's like the idea that we meet Tony Stark yeah. and he's one way and then he comes face to face with his influence on the world yeah. and decides I want to change that yeah. and then he does. And then in the second one, well, he comes face to face with his mortality, Yeah, you know, figuratively literally comes face to face with you know, palladiums killing him this thing that i designed to save my life yeah. is now killing me as well as i've in the spirit of batman did this escalation me being iron man means now there's other people yeah and that conflict both internally and externally i think is really well done yeah and you go yeah okay cool this is good and then it builds up builds up more and then we get avengers after that iron man 3 is the one i'm going to bring up specifically here mm-hmm. Iron Man 3 gets the worst rap, I reckon, of almost any Marvel film ever made. Which isn't deserved. Which is not deserved. There are some Marvel films, there's been 22 of them, yeah. that are just, they're not very good. And that's fine, because not when you make 22 films that are a part they of... A, they can't all be amazing. They can't all be amazing. They can be close. They get, But when you make 22 films as part of a continuity, yeah. they're not all going to be home runs. No. And some of them you go, like Ant-Man and the Wasp was like, eh, had some okay bits in it, but you're mm-hmm. like, eh. you know, Incredible Hulk, very early days, was was ordinary and you watch it now and you're like oh yeah, geez, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know the second thor is like that as well you're like oh, yeah dark world you're like geez this is a bit wasn't needed just not really working for me yeah um etc iron man 3 whenever people talk about like the bad marvel films mm-hmm. is always in the group yeah which is ridiculous and it's in the group because of one moment when they reveal that the mandarin is not a terrorist and yeah. i'm here to say it's so funny, actually, because I'd watch these films on the weekend and then on Sunday or Monday, one of the days, um, I saw a thing on Twitter where people were having this very conversation. It was so funny that I'd literally watched the yeah, films yeah, the yeah. day before and they were critical of this Mandarin twist. The twist that reveals that the Mandarin is a fraud is one of the best swerves <laughs> in modern cinema. Yeah. Because if you think about the marketing for Iron Man 3, it comes out after Avengers, yeah. which is one of the biggest film at the time, yeah, the biggest yeah, yeah, yeah. film, you know, biggest opening ever one of the biggest movies of all time. This comes out after that. You can't do a big world ending threat because no. we've done that in the Avengers. Yeah. It's a solo film. By their nature, solo film, the stakes have to be a bit more personal. Yeah. The swerve that this guy isn't real is so real. Because mm. you sit there going, we think he's a terrorist because that's all the news is telling Tony Stark yeah. and he's telling the government. It, the only time you ever see this guy is him threatening the West and, you know, being this, like an Osama bin Laden yeah. avatar. And everyone saw the trailer and he's, you know, you'll never see me coming and yeah. blah, blah. Everyone went, oh, he's, he's like, a, he's a terrorist. And he's yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when we find out, no, he's not. He's like Jack Sparrow. Just <laughs> no, go, no, he's not. You know what I think the problem is? Yeah. I sat in the cinema and I vividly remember sitting in the cinema and going, oh, fucking wow. I was like, mm. that's brilliant. The idea yeah. that the character of the Mandarin accomplishes everything that a real terrorist would. Mm. The West is on edge. The West, Who's this guy? He's dangerous. We have to stop him. Yeah. Blah, blah. He's threatening our way of life. But he's an actor. Yeah. He's playing a role. And it's, I was just like, everything about it, I remember sitting in the cinema going, that is so good. 
mm. that everyone until this moment has no reason to doubt that this guy is legitimate and he's a legitimate threat. And that causes the same panic that a terrorist attack would. Yeah. And I think what people's problem with it is cinema audiences these days, audiences in general, don't seem to like being surprised. No. They feel as though they, they're betrayed. Yeah. And I'll use an example like... We should have seen this coming. Spot on. Yeah. I'll use the example of The Last Jedi. So The Last uh-huh. Jedi, I think, is an example of, without wanting to get into a whole other discussion, is an example of a twist not serving its film. Yep. So the idea that Luke Skywalker isn't the Jedi people wanted him to be, he's not the character people wanted him to be, that disappointed fans, me included, I understand what they were trying to do, but it's not something that people wanted. Mm. People didn't want to see that character. No. People wanted to see him be a badass. They wanted to see him be the Jedi that we were promised 30 years earlier. Yeah. However, the way that the film was set up, he kind of couldn't really be anything else, if you think about it. Mm. We see him at the end of The Force Awakens and he's um, marauded himself on this island. We don't know why. And you're like, well, why would he have? There's only really a couple of reasons for him to be there. Yeah. And that was one of them. Yeah. So the point here being is Luke Skywalker, I don't think is a character that you can do that with because there are certain expectations of the audience, yeah. what they want to see. Whereas a character like the Mandarin, he's been accused of being like an Eastern caricature, which is really like this mystical Oriental that's really difficult to do tactfully. Yeah. Like he's really difficult to go, here's this crudely drawn Eastern stereotype. Mm. Um, here he is, he's an enemy of Iron Man and he can do magic and stuff. And you're like... Well, in that world at that time, pre Doctor Strange, yep. pre all that, like it kind of didn't fit. Yeah. And he was really hard to do. Going back, it kind of like, mm, but, well, yeah, and, but actually, now, it's not that bad. Yeah. The, since, since Iron Man 3 came out, they've retconned it that there is a Mandarin mm-hmm. and he will be in Shang-Chi. Um, his Ten Rings, he, that's where he gets his power from, his Ten yeah. Rings. He will be, the rumor is he's actually going to be potentially going to be Shang-Chi's father in the right. film. But he will be and he will be the Mandarin. He'll be the character that people want to see. But it was like, at the time, I remember thinking, none of you give a shit about the Mandarin. You kidding me? Let's be real here. What Marvel have accomplished with Tony Stark, they've turned him into like an A-tier character. He was, Iron Man wasn't an A-tier character. And therefore, every character associated with Iron Man, do what we want with them. Yeah. And in in all the films, you look at all the different things that have been changed. I've, I've made a list. Like, um... Thor has been turned into like an oafish frat boy. That's, yeah. that's not Thor. But no. it works. It's fine. Compared like, to what he was in like the first was, Avengers. Oh. Is like, I rewatched that. We, me and Maddie are rewatching the Avengers. Like, he is a different Without character. watching all the side movies in between. Yeah. We're just going first, second, and then obviously um, Infinity and Endgame. Endgame. Um, but like the first one is this regal, like, He's a king. Blonde, yeah, you're like, uh, like knowing what Thor is, you're like, uh, get this guy off the screen. I want like, and then even in the second one, you can see them kind of. He's loosening a bit. Yeah, loosening. there's these little one-liners yeah. and knowing what he becomes, like this is going to be great. And then eventually you get that Ragnarok yep. Thor and you're like, ah, oh, yes, this is but it. But that's the thing, like you go, that's not Thor. No. But they've made a seismic change to the character. Yeah. And, and it works. Look, you look at Ultron, um, Hank Pym created yep. Ultron yeah. in a major part of well no Tony Stark and um, Bruce Banner you're like well, there's all these changes that happen in these films like Civil War is like Civil War in name only that's not how Civil War played out in the comics 
but it serves the narrative of the film. So everyone gets hung up about changes and you change this and you change that. And you go, for me, watching those Iron Man films and particularly Iron Man 3, I was like, I fucking love this mm. just as much. I, I still love the bit where you're like, he's found him, he's in Miami and he, he you see him for the first time and you, there's that what the fuck moment <laughs> where Tony, you're the audience. Tony and you are the same. Yeah. Going. He's ready to like blow someone up. Going, this isn't real. Who are you? Yeah. Go, where's the real guy? Mm. And it's just, I loved it. I loved it then. I love it now. Uh, and before we move on, it's quite funny to think back to watching all those old films. In 2008, Iron Man was like a curiosity. Iron Man came out and he was like, Robert Downey Jr. Everyone knows he's a good actor. Yeah. You know, he's got his problems. Yeah. They do Marvel are doing their own things. Iron yeah. Man's like the first movie. They're making their own films. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. And then you saw a trailer and you're like, yeah, it looks good. All right. But the big one was The Dark Knight. Yeah. It was coming out a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like the movie event yeah. of the decade. You know, Heath Ledger's Joker. And yeah. It's, the first one was amazing, but this one's going to be better and everyone's yeah. talking it up. And they did this incredible viral marketing campaign, which was phenomenal. Um, and that was the big deal of that year was Dark Knight. Mm. And then you think about it now, 12 years later, and you're like, Dark Knight's like a footnote. Yeah. Well, I remember like it's seeing... Like a great movie. I remember seeing Iron Man, like Iron Man, the very first Iron Man, not even realizing what Marvel is. Mm -hmm. Going, oh, this is it's like a fucking giant robot man that is, can do everything and he's rich and he's funny. And it's he's an amazing. Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> and then seeing Iron Man 2 and seeing Iron Man 3. And it literally wasn't until, was maybe after Iron Man 2, when I saw the Avengers, I was like, holy shit. They're all linked. You know what's hilarious? This is a story. You know the, fun, you know the funniest <laughs> thing about it is, like for me, you think back now, you think now that this has become one of, if not the biggest property, that this is the greatest achievement in cinema. And yep. I'm not understanding when I say that. They've made 22 films that are all linked to one another. James Bond have made 25 films. Yeah. They're not, it's not quite the same. No. All these films interlink. They're, they've only recast Rhodey, obviously Terrence Howard, Rhodey, to Hulk. Cheadle and Hulk. Yeah. And you're like, I think there might be one more, maybe. But they're, they're the two main ones. We're Not like, anyone's super iconic. They're the two main ones. They've only recast those two yeah. roles. Everyone else was on this journey in this serialized comic book come to life. And you're like, why did it take so long mm. for somebody to go, just put them together, get all the characters together? Cause I think it was the perfect time, though. You think back to like 90s, even just 90s VFX, Ugh. it just wouldn't have been the same. Ugh. And even watching early Iron Man compared to, like, you could say Endgame, it's just like, just the, that mid, like, 2000s, 2010s look. It's ba it's basic. Yeah. Like, they, it's one of those things where now, whatever you wish you can make happen. Yeah. Like, whatever you, oh, we want to do this, we want Tony Stark, we want Iron Man, yeah, no worries, yeah, we can do that. Whereas mm -hmm. back then, it was kind of like, no, we can't really. Yeah. Um, we're still going to need a practical suit mm. and all this stuff. But no, look, it's absolutely outstanding. Like I said, Iron Man 3, anyone who doesn't like it, anyone who doesn't like the twist, seriously, man. Bite us. Oh, <laughs> I adore that moment when he's in his room and it's just, oh, yeah. it's great. What's mm. that? What have you got for us next? Um, number three for me is something that I went in thinking one thing, came out thinking another. Okay. Uh, watch this. Prostate exam? <laughs> well... <laughs> Yes. No. Um, Watch this about a week and a half ago on Netflix. Okay. First Man. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Neil Armstrong. Ryan Gosling. A little bit of a biopic. Yep. Um, about 
yeah, Neil Armstrong and went in thinking it was going to be, you know, about all, like nothing about pre-launch, mm-hmm. just going into space, the I experience thought it was going to be there. about the Apollo 11 mission. Yeah. But it's, I obviously, for people who haven't seen it, it's basically, have you seen it? Yep. Yeah. It's uh, basically just the lead up from... It's like the whole project. Yeah. It? It's like the whole Even like, space project. Even before he basically gets signed up with, with to become an astronaut and... There's this bit in the middle where it's a little bit like, ah, come on, get to it. Like, just, I know what happens. I want to tell this Stop story. fluffing. I saw this film with Fabian, who obviously yeah. I do the Ian Prendercast with. Yeah. And he hated this movie. <laughs> like, I, like, hated it with a passion. And he, he just, like, he just, just could not, could not despise the movie yeah. anymore. Uh-huh. And it was quite funny. Like, I didn't, I didn't think it was amazing. Yeah, it's not amazing, but it's it's like a oh wow. Oh, I enjoyed cool. it. Yeah. And and I remember we were talking about one moment in particular where I was trying to try I sounded like the biggest like I sounded like the biggest wanker, like talking about like why the film is the way it is. Yeah. So you would have noticed that all of the stuff on Earth mm-hmm. is shot like real close, mediums and close ups, dingy, it's all very confined. Like even yes, when he's yeah. at home with his wife, yeah. close quarters, there's no real long shots. No. Everything's very claustrophobic, pretty dark. Everything's yeah. you know, pretty dark. I was going to say dark. And the whole idea, I said the whole concept is it's meant to make you, as you're sitting there watching the film, it's meant to make you feel that way. Yeah. It's meant to make you feel like a little bit sat upon. Yeah. Like, geez, can we get can we get a wide shot? Or yeah. Can we get yeah. like some light? Or, you know, when you're in the capsule with him and it's just, it's so oppressively tight yeah. like on his face. I said the whole idea is, that is the way it is deliberately because then when they open the shuttle door onto the moon, mm. it's just space. And it's this meant to be this feeling of, oh, wow. Mm. And I said, and for me, that feeling worked. I remember they open up the door and the camera goes out and they're on the moon. Yeah. And you're like, it's just expand, endless expanse. I don't realize how much of a douche Buzz was. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't even know if he was a douche. He was uh, the yellow jacket yeah. in um, Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Corey Stoll? I don't know. He's but quite I was a like, good actor. When they introduced him, I was like, oh, why are you like that? You're like, also, a, like you're a hero. They, <laughs> Jesus, Aldrin. <laughs> they, also, they also had like Corey Stoll bald. But yeah. like Buzz had hair. It's like, just give him a piece. Yeah. Give him a tube. Maybe it was just, yeah. But, um, and then I, after, he was after a bit of a, watching it. He was a it, cowboy though, wasn't he? Yeah. I, after watching it, I just, I ended up in this, it was, I guess, pretty. T- I guess that's why it came up on my Netflix with the whole SpaceX and all that sort of happening. I got into this like YouTube hole mm-hmm. of NASA, watching like twenty-four minute videos on space rocks. Jesus. I was just like, I, I was going to bed at like two in the morning. Tell me, where are you from? <laughs> just like it what was. What stories just, do you tell? It was insane. I and I do it all the time. With I'll, I'll see a Marvel movie yeah. and then just watch like Easter egg videos. You want context. And, what do you mean? You know, like, I get what you're saying totally. You're like, I want context. I yeah. want more context. I didn't, all I knew is that Neil Armstrong went to the moon in 969 and did some stuff for science, came back. You know what was funny? Like, do you feel, having having seen the film, yeah. like Neil Armstrong is this iconic um, you know, figure in, in the 20th yeah. century? Yeah. And rightfully so. Because like mm-hmm. you watch those films and you would have watched those NASA stand- yeah. docos. There's a doco series called In the Shadow of the Moon, which was like a like documentary. Right. Which is very well done as well. Yeah. It's quite a few years old now, but like the fearlessness of these guys mm. is 
off the charts. Just, sure, shoot me off into space. Like, I could probably blow up, but like, whatever. What um, was it? The Gemini? They kept on saying Gemini in the oh, film. Oh my it god! Like, it's like it's Gemini. Fucking Americans. <laughs> Gemini. Gemini. Jesus Christ, Buzz. It's Gemini. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if it was the Gemini, the Gemini, or the other one where like they got incinerated in the yeah. pod, and you're just like, imagine being the guys that get in next. Or even the guys that built the one that blew up. Oh, no, but exactly. But you're sitting there going, as an astronaut, you're going, okay, you guys are next cab off the rank. Yeah. And you're like, the last guys didn't even get off the launch pad. Yeah. Or the rocket explodes, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. Challenger in 85, 86. Mm. And you're like, but just the bravery of these guys to go, we actually don't know if we can get you back. Mm. Yeah, we can get you out there, onto the moon, whatever, go... Can you get us? Yeah, we think we can get you back. And I think Neil, the Ryan Reynolds, who's obviously playing Neil Armstrong, Gosling, does that very well. Yeah, wow, Gosling. Um, Did you think he's an interesting character? Yes, I was like, Did you? This is like he's so much deeper than I. In my the image of Armstrong mm-hmm. was. Whenever I say Armstrong, I'm like Lance. No. Lance, <laughs> the drug chief. Cycling. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just. And with the, they have some press conference and um, Buzz Aldrin is all like, you know, gung-ho saying, I'm yeah. going to bring back a space rock for my wife and put it on her finger. Like, and then he's like, you know, I just want more fuel in case I can't get home. Like, well, that was the thing. He's like, so like real about it. That was one of the realest moments in the film. And this obviously happened. Yeah. I think it's covered in, in the shadow of the moon is when he's piloting, he's doing the test flight mm. and has a cataclysmic has failure. Cuts and stuff in yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. He has a cataclysmic failure. Yeah. Sh- should have lost his life. Yeah. And he abandons, you know, he uh, parachutes out yeah, whenever yeah, he yeah. lands. And they, they apparently true story, someone said there's no embellishment, there's no Hollywood spin. Yeah. They went up to him and after he's should have been dead in yeah. this fiery inferno. Yeah. And he was like, it's uh, rolling to the right. And he, he was the most mechanical yeah, yeah, yeah. like we got to fix that because that's what the problem was. Yeah. As a pilot going, why did we crash? We crashed because of fault A, B, and C. Yeah. But that's just who he was. Yeah. And, I and think like knowing when be. they were landing on the moon, knowing that he's looking down where they're meant to land yep. and going, oh no. No, 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 no. And he's looking at the fuel going, we could probably maybe push it to over the big crater. Have you ever played that um, the Lunar Lander game? No, I haven't. It's, a, it's just a simple like keyboard game right. where you, you got to land the Lunar Lander. Yeah. And you got to like, you get the thrust. Mm. And if you land too hard, it shatters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, all that kind of, and you've only got X number Certain of fuel. Of fuel, yeah. It's very good. Yeah. It's like you sit, you'll find, you'll be playing it for hours. So, yeah, I just, coming into it, I didn't, I had no idea about space exploration. Mm-hmm. I just knew little bits here and there. <laughs> My extent of it was, uh, oh, what's that movie? It's got, um, Oh, they go into space, they blow up a big meteor and save the world. Armageddon. Armageddon. That yeah. was like the extent of That's my... That's pretty real. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. That was the extent of my like space movies. So... If you want to watch something funny, yeah. watch. Um, there's an excerpt. Someone clipped it out, but they, they sort of still do DVD commentaries. Yeah. They were a big thing at, at one point in yeah, time yeah, yeah. as a value add for yeah. buying the DVD. I, I don't get watching them because it's... Mm. It's just weird. Annoying. It's, it is annoying. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. But um, the director's commentary for Armageddon is genuinely one of the funniest things <laughs> of all time. Only because um, they didn't do it together. But right. Ben Affleck did his own one. Yeah. So it was uh, Michael Bay did one with maybe the producer and then Ben Affleck did one. Yeah. And there was maybe another one. And then obviously they splice them together. The Ben Affleck bits are on YouTube. They are hilarious. Because <laughs> he's, he's a little bit drunk. Yeah. Not off his face. Yeah. He's a bit buzzed. 
and he's talking about like there's a brilliant bit where he goes uh it's the bit where harry stamper bruce willis's character is like explaining to the nasa nerdonauts like why your drill doesn't work and yeah. whatever and he's like i remember asking michael bay you know like why is it easier to train drillers to be astronauts than it is astronauts to be drillers <laughs> and michael bay's like just shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yes, here's a bit where Harry's like that fucking movie. He goes, it's happening. He goes, they don't understand Harry's salt of the earth ways. You know, oh, like, God. And Harry's like, I need my guys. He's like, why? He's like, they're the best. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, what? Is how hard could it be? It's just it's this whole sort of thing where it's like brilliantly deconstructs, and it makes more sense because like you think that film came out in '99, maybe Armageddon. Yeah. It's funny how we're talking about like. First Man, and now we're talking about Michael Bay yeah. again. Um, that film came out in 99, and Ben Affleck had been acting like steadily. He'd won an Oscar for writing Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, yeah. But he was still like, everyone was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, Ben Affleck, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah the good looking guy. He'd mm. go on to be a leading man and whatever. Yeah. And then as time's gone on, it's like, it's just, but as time's gone on, you're like, he's actually like a really perceptive filmmaker. Yeah. You're like, Argo, obviously, but he, yep. he did you know the town, mm-hmm. which is a great film. Live by night was sort of Argo that was okay, was but but he's like he's actually like made yeah. some excellent films. Yep. So the idea that he wrote the he was the butt of the joke for a while that he was like the talentless friend mm. who wrote Goodwill Hunting with his mate, yeah. and Matt Damon was the one with the ability. Yeah, and then like as time goes on, you're like maybe. He was Affleck was the, the one. Yeah. Maybe he was the guy with the talent. Mm. But no, it's interesting. So you liked First Man? You did like yeah, it? Yeah, I yeah. If we're talking about out of a hundred, like like seventy. Yeah. I think it's a solid seventy five. I reckon it's a solid six and a half, seven out of ten. Mm. I think that I like the themes they were going for and, and like you say, I kind of appreciated that Neil Armstrong is this guy who that despite pretty much everyone on the planet would know he's name i have first man on the moon not really a lot's known about him no for a guy with that that no idea he had three kids and one died well for for a guy with that level of um visibility to the public yeah it's sort of like yeah i don't really know anything about him Mm. apart from the fact that he was the first man on the moon yeah so i think that was interesting for me watching the film being this really kind of like oh okay Mm. it's a bit more to him and obviously he's a serious guy yeah like fucking you have to be exactly to do that but yeah, Fabian, he hated it. It was hilarious. Like he <laughs> detests that movie. You know, like there's certain films you see where you're just like, you have a violent, like yeah, visceral yeah. hate on. This is just dog shit. He's yeah. like that with this movie. It's hilarious. But I guess some people just don't have a brain. No, that's really true. They don't true. understand it's, well, the ins and outs of movies. I couldn't have said it even any better. So some this people is why we're doing this right now. Some people just don't <laughs> have a brain. <laughs> Uh, my my last one for this week. Yep. I've uh, started with a solid four. Uh, it's funny we spoke about briefly about uh, Matt Damon mm-hmm. by proxy there. So many years ago, I used to work at a video shop. It was yep. my first job. Fucking great job. Like seriously, <laughs> I was thinking the other day, like what jobs exist now that are like a proxy for that? Yeah. Because that was kind of like my sister, older sister, worked at the video shop, and that's how I got the job yep. when I was old enough to work. But it was like that was kind of the job everyone, every kid. Like wanted, wanted to have yeah. was to work at the video shop. And it was great. If you did it, you know what I'm talking about. If you didn't, you missed out. Yeah. You can't go and remedy that because there's none around. And if they are, I feel terribly sad whenever I see a, a video shop still in business. <laughs> you, like, you walk past going, Aw. oh No, I walk past, I feel like walking in and going, just shut up. Like just, <laughs> it's over. It's This is done. You yeah. need to give up. 
think it's the time when anything gets in an op shop. That's oh, when it's time to close. It's down. time to when people are throwing it away. Yeah. Like, if you weren't in in like the late nineties, early two thousands, that was like the pinnacle of being a video shop owner. Yeah. And then it was over. Exactly. It died. Had you run. But when I worked at the video shop, there was always this DVD, and I could I could describe you the cover because I don't know how many times I saw this on the shelf on the shelf. Yeah. But I'd never watched it until literally like two days ago. Yeah. Rounders, starring Matt Damon, Edward Norton, and Gretchen Moll. What? <laughs> I'd never seen this film. What's it called? Rounders. Rounders. Never heard of it. You're not missing anything. <laughs> so this film. <laughs> This film came out in 1998. Like I say, it's one of those films that for me, I would see it on the shelf or like every so often it would come up on like Netflix or yeah. whatever it was. And I'd see the cover and I'd be like, never seen it. <laughs> the cover is Edward Norton, Gretchen Moll, Matt Damon standing yeah. in front of like a weird cutout of Times Square because the film takes place in New York. Yeah. I don't think Times Square is in the movie, but right. it's just there to tell you yeah. it's in New York. And films in New York are cool. Yeah. But it's basically about poker. Right. And effectively, it's a remake of The Hustler. Right. And I, I, I found myself watching it, sitting there going, it's just The Hustler. This whole fucking film is just The Hustler. <laughs> <laughs> and The Hustler is a good movie, but it's also like really basic. Yeah. But what's good about it is Paul Newman. Paul Newman, yeah, I don't know if you might have seen Paul Newman. He was the voice of uh, the old car in Cars. Yes. You know, like his yes. mentor? Yep. What was his name? Hudson Hornet. <laughs> um, Paul Newman is like, when people talk about actors, he's a Rolls Royce and he's good in everything. Yeah. He's either, he goes from like being, he's either breathtaking mm-hmm. or like excellent. Yeah. That's his spectrum. It's like, he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And in The Hustler, like he is, he's great. He's a good looking guy at the time, like dashing leading man. Uh, it's about pool sharks. He's, you know, this coming of age sort of story of him coming to deal with, you know, himself and his emotions and his relationships by virtue of pool. That's simplifying it. But I was sitting there watching rounders going, why would you remake a film that was like, okay, a good idea underpinned by an excellent performance from Paul Newman and Jackie Gleason, who Mm -hmm. was like this big comic and he played Minnesota fats, who was like a pool shark himself. And it was against type, like, um, Jackie Gleason was the funny man. He was America's funny man. Yeah, yeah. So for him to play this really serious character with a bit of a dark edge was like, oh, wow. It's like, oh. And he was excellent in it. Like, yep. he was brilliant. So you sit there and you go, Matt Damon at the time is like a 27-year-old guy, the the next big thing, next big leading man. You know, he booked Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. And, uh, he'd won an Oscar for Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. He'd been in that John Grisham film. Was it Courage Under Fire? He'd been in one of those movies. And yeah. he was like, it was him and DiCaprio were like the hot young actors. You want these guys in your film. And you go, like, he's not bad in it. Edward Norton, like, oscillates between what are you doing and you're doing too much. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He's a bit weird. But it's basically about poker. And without wanting to spoil it, it's like a 22-year-old movie. If you haven't seen it by now, you're not watching it. (laughs) The whole film is built around Matt Damon wants to be a lawyer. Yeah. But he wants to raise money to go and play in the World Series of Poker because he likes playing poker. So he plays in these like underground poker dens. He ends up losing like $20,000 to John Malkovich's character, who is effectively the Jackie Gleason. Right. 
um, who he's, he's playing like this Russian guy because he's got like the worst Russian accent of all time. <laughs> you know when you watch an actor and you're like, you're better than this, John. <laughs> what are you doing? John. Just. John. Yeah. You're a better actor than this. You're giving me a really bad Russian accent. It's like someone asked you and me to do this podcast in Russian. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's what it is. It's awful. Um, and he loses his money to this guy, so now he can't go and do what he wants to do. And he yep. has no money for tuition. Mm-hmm. And at about this time, his mate, Edward Norton, who's a bit more rough and tumble, yep. gets out of prison and they start trying to make some money playing fast card games. Edward Norton ends up racking up a bill for him and then like scones type thing and he's left with this bill like you're 20 30 grand in the hole yeah but i remember sitting there thinking 30 grand isn't enough to get my pulse running in this world yeah it's a lot of money like don't get me wrong if somebody came to you and said you're 30 grand in debt you'd go fuck shit go fuck what am i gonna do but you're playing like relatively high stakes poker yeah it wouldn't be that difficult like it's not 30 grand i remember thinking it needs to be like 200 grand to go fuck that's a lot of cash even with like inflation 22 years ago yeah, even it's like still 50. wouldn't have been yeah you sort of going oh, <laughs> even 50 is kind of getting me going that's enough to sweat over maybe it's a problem yeah maybe yeah. i need to think about this but at no point do the stakes ever make me go these guys are in strife these guys are in real trouble <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh boy <laughs> you know the old collar tug yeah. no, 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 at no point am i sitting there thinking how are they going to get out of this yeah and then the movie kind of just like ends mm-hmm. and you're like that's really unsatisfying because <laughs> he didn't really learn a lesson yeah the only thing he learned was that his mates are deadbeat but he should have known that already because mm-hmm. he was in prison yeah and he just went and took him out of prison <laughs> like so rounders yeah having waited 22 years definitely not worth it don't waste your time <laughs> You know, like certain films from like a particular era, they yep. feel like they're from that era. And mm-hmm. I can understand why to certain people, Rounders is like, is a, like a, a fun memory. Yeah. Late 90s, young cast, yeah. poker, all the poker talk and it's pretty fun. Like yeah. they're deconstructing the game and yeah. how people win and how people play. That's fun. But it's like, there's lots of films like that. James Bond kind of does that. Yeah. Like Lucky, have you seen the film Lucky You with Eric Banner? That's another weird movie. No. It's, just, it's another poker film. No, definitely but not for a film about poker, it's like just watch Lucky You or um, Cincinnati Kid. There's mm. a few like that where you're like, you're trying to ride the coattails of like a fad poker, mm. yeah, and make it cool with a cool cast. And you're like, yeah, you've got a couple of the you've got a couple of the ingredients, but the sum is less than the parts. Yeah. Oh man, it was just I was watching it going, I'm not hating this, but it's just a nothing movie. Yeah. And to that end, uh, I don't recommend it. <laughs> Just watch The Hustler, or even better, watch The Color of Money. Right. You probably need to watch The Hustler to sort of get the... The, the Color of Money was made in like the late, mid-80s. And it was a sequel, like a 25-year belated sequel to The to Hustler. And it's like so much a better movie. Mm. Tom Cruise is in it. It's cool. Mm. It's really good. Like there's a whole bunch of people in it. Where you're like, oh, Forrest Whitaker's in it. And you're like, yeah. when you could act... I much prefer baby Tom Cruise to old Tom Cruise. I liked all Tom Cruises. I know. Maybe I'm just maybe Mission Impossible is too far in my head, but it's just it gets to a point where I'm like, oh, oh, just shut up, man. Just. Don't don't you dare speak against Mission Impossible. No, as in like Mission Impossible. But I think Mission Impossible is amazing. Yeah, I just, I just think 
my judgment is clouded because of it's just so much Mission Impossible on Channel 9 at 9.30 on a Sunday. It's just like, uh, it's done again. What about Maverick? Are you looking forward to Top Gun Maverick? Saw something on It looks Twitter. good. Yeah. Like it looks good. Yeah. I mean. I just hope that it is. I always say this though. If you can't put together like a two minute trailer of good stuff, mm. you're in trouble. Did you see the trailer for Bill and Ted's? That's a good example of <laughs> you should be worried if you can't put it. Didn't look good. No, I just hope that goes straight to Netflix. I think it might be. I, yeah. Well, because they, they said it's coming out summer 2020, and I'm like, that's now. Mm. That's over there. It's now. That's now. Yeah. Like I saw that trailer, and, and that's a perfect example. It's so funny you bring that up because it's like Top Gun Maverick has a two minute trailer yeah. and you go, there's a lot of money shots, a lot of great shots. And you sit there and go, that's where the techs come. The techers have come so far yeah. since the first one that we're so much more in the planes and the production design looks outstanding. Yeah. You're like, yeah, like it looks like a movie. Yeah. Whereas Bill and Ted, you're like, this looks like a Super Bowl ad. The trailer looks like a fan edit. This looks like a Super Bowl ad. Yeah. Like Bill and Ted are back selling you Doritos. Yeah. And and it looks like um, Affleck's just got like just full of Botox. And he's just like... Affleck? Who are you talking about? Keanu. I get my <laughs> black-haired male Keanu's leads. like... Keanu's actually an awesome example of like a guy who is... I love Keanu. Yeah, same. But he's got such a limited range and that's not to his detriment. No, but like it's like... That was you 20 years ago. That was you when you started acting. Yeah. Like, it just... I guess, like, anyone, they're always going to change. In real life, it's like... Yeah. It's just like, ah. I remember... I think it's like two and a half minutes, the trailer. I was looking... I looked at the, like, the you time You didn't look stamps. at the time code, did you? I was like, it's 40 seconds left in this. What else are they going to fill it with? Like... But there's so much. It's funny. It's so funny you mention it because Rounders is so much a product of mid to late 90s cinema. Mm-hmm. You could chuck that on. You could show it to someone who has no idea who Matt Damon is. Yep. So they've got no point of reference of him yeah, as a young yeah. man. And there'd be almost a sense they'd go, this is like 90s, mid-late 90s. Mm. Whereas Bill and Ted's like that. The first yeah. Bill and Ted, you're like, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, um, uh, Dazed and Confused, Bill yeah. and Ted. You're like, this so fits that genre of filmmaking that was prevalent at that time. Mm. Like, does it fit now? No. You're like, probably not. I will watch it. Oh, 100%. Because so I, I am curious. But yeah. at the same time, that trailer, it's... I don't begrudge it. like if they brought back Wayne's World. I'd be like, I'm, yes. 100, I'm 100% seeing this. But yep. I, I really hope that they like... Did you see the Dumb and Dumber sequel? No, I refuse to. Keep that. Because it almost sullies what I think of the first one. <laughs> I love the first one. Yeah. And you watch it and you go, Zoolander was like this as well? Yeah. Well, you watch it and you go, it's almost as though you have no concept of why the first one was good. Yeah. It's almost as though you've forgotten who the characters are. Like Bad Boys 3? Oh! Oh, my I God. Just let them sit. Yes, you'll make money from it. Fabian was funny. Once again, going to his, his movie reviews, he really, really likes Bad Boys. Yeah. And he was like, yes, it's Martin Lawrence can't act. And I was like, no, he's terrible. Like, like, he used to be okay. It's like that and Big Mama, like... Go, but like it's almost as though he's forgotten yeah. how to act. Everything's so big 
And so, but Will it was, Smith's like carrying him through it. It's like, come on, come on, come on, Martin, you can do it. Oh. Just one more scene, Martin. And there comes a time <laughs> when, like, the first Bad Boys, nineteen ninety five, great film, yep. great action movie, mm-hmm. classy, like, so stylish, yeah. like a really stylish film. And you're like, yeah, it works because Will Smith's like late twenties, yeah, yeah, and Martin Lawrence, I think, was a little bit older, probably. They're right in the age bracket. And then the sequel, which was made, I think, even like Shows seven... Martin Lawrence is older in Bad Boys 3. Yes. Yeah. So in those initial ones, you're like, they're close enough yeah. that it kind of doesn't really matter. Yeah. But then you watch this new one, you're like, he's like a 50-year-old man. This could be like a dad with his uncle. Yeah. You kind of like, yeah. they're like, they're all, they're a both, young they're, father like, with they're his like 50-year-old guys yeah. and they're still... Like carrying on like they did 25 years ago. You're like, Jesus. And the whole thing with his son. Oh, <laughs> it was painful. Yeah. That was when I got dragged to. And like, you know when someone drags you to see a movie and mm. you, you start hating them more than the yeah. film? Like, why the fuck do you do this to me? I said I didn't want to see this. <laughs> God. But yeah, Bill and Ted, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I just, what are they doing? I don't know. All right. Well, that's my last one, Rounders. Don't see it. Um, I will not. <laughs> my last one, you, you're going to love this. Excellent. I feel like you have, would have binged this as Lay soon it on as me. it came out. Lay it on me. Uh, both seasons okay. of Formula One Survive to Drive. Okay. Yeah, I did see them. I what, liked them. Yeah. I Having bas- my, again, I watch a lot of things not knowing a lot about it. And I it's come a good out way to go, going, though. Ooh. It's a good way to go. So... Because you don't get, like, unrealistic expectations. Yeah. My knowledge of Formula One was from you. Okay. And from the last 20 laps of the Melbourne Grand Prix for the last 10 years. Excellent. So... Good place to start. Basically, Weber, Ricardo. Mm-hmm. That's bad. <laughs> um, and going into it, being told by a mate to watch the second season, I was like, I probably should watch the first season before I watch the second. Usually helps... Great mm-hmm. doco doco series, I guess. Yeah, the um, star the star of the show is Gunther Steiner. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> um, just loved how they've been able to set up. They set up Verstappen very early, being yep. the villain, um, and just like it's all real, but there's characters, mm-hmm. and you start feeling for, um, you start feeling for people that for drivers that like can't get success or, you know, when that formula two driver dies, Ooh. you're like, ah, oh, damn. Like I would like, yeah. Well, well the, the best, not the best, it sounds so trivial, but one of the most in, um, interesting parts of that, when, when the formula two driver dies, Hubert, Antoine yeah, Hubert. Yeah. Um, one of the most interesting elements of that whole conversation is that Lewis Hamilton's being interviewed on camera. Yes. At the time of the crash. Like and he turns around and corner goes... Corner of the eye, the he TV's goes, there. And even he... Yeah. I'm not a big Lewis Hamilton fan, no. but even he goes, that doesn't sound oh, good. damn, we should probably just, Yeah, even yeah. he's like, that's not good. Yeah. Um, just from like hearing it. Mm. And obviously said he looks at yeah. the cameras. But that was actually reminding me of a moment um, in a 9-11 doco. Yeah. Which is occasionally... It used to run on SBS. I think it's just called 9-11. Yeah. Um, and it was about two brothers, these French brothers, making a documentary about the fire department. And the idea was that they were trailing academy graduates yeah, yeah, in yeah. their first steps on the job uh-huh. and they just happened to be in the firehouse yeah. that responded to the, the Twin Towers. Yeah. And they have the only footage of the first plane hitting the tower and it's this stranger, the truth is stranger than fiction tale of the brother who was like the interviewer one the morning of 9-11 
basically said, "Oh, look, I just want to. These guys are going out on a routine call to a um, a gas leak. Mm-hmm. He goes, look, do you want me to just go? I'll take the camera and just. We won't necessarily use it, but yeah. it might be some B roll, and just so I can get a feel of where to go. Yeah, you know, to film some stuff. And the cameraman brother goes, "Yeah, fantastic. It's not a problem. No worries." So he, the first guy, goes out with the the firehouse to this gas leak out of a manhole, and you hear the low rumble of a plane yeah. and his footage is the one where they look up yep. and it's the first one hitting the tower. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the only footage of the first plane and he, the fact that they've got it yeah. is the biggest accident in the world. Yeah. And then they end up going into the tower and mm-hmm. it's the most terrifying. I think I've seen oh, it. Oh, wow. And you hear bodies like oh. dropping on the roof of the balcony thing. And the guy goes, the guy, one of the guys asks, one of the fire chiefs asks or someone asks what's the sound yeah and someone says it's bodies yeah and it's the most and then the fucking thing starts collapsing while yeah. they're inside it everyone thinks oh it's my yeah. god it's the most brilliant like piece of happenstance in terms mm. of documentary making yeah. but that moment with, with hamilton i was immediately flashed back to yeah you just went oh wow mm. so then i again like after watching the two seasons ended up on a youtube hole mm-hmm where then my recommended for the next two months was Formula One videos. <laughs> That's great. Where I was, at one point I was watching uh, maybe Magnuson, I think, yep. describe his wheel and what all the buttons are for. <laughs> and like That's how much another, teams were winning. How, how is that? No, That's another great example of um, Martin Brundle drove, who's obviously a commentator yep. now um, with Sky Sports. He drove a, I don't know if it was one of Lewis Hamilton's more recent Mercedes. Right. But he's obviously, he's a driver from the yeah, mid-80s yeah, through yeah, to the yeah. mid-90s. And he goes, he goes, the amount of stuff on options available to the drivers these mm. days. You flash back to early 90s. Yeah. The steering wheel's got maybe five or six buttons on it. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's, you get such an appreciation for the guys that don't just get in the car and drive. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I'm trying to think which season I enjoyed more. I probably preferred one. I don't know why though. That's my instinct. Is that I preferred season one? Yeah, I don't know. It's um maybe the Ricardo focus. Maybe it was ve- it was very Ricardo focused. And obviously he was making the decision yeah. to move to Renault. Um, maybe that was. And I was looking forward to this year, but obviously nothing's going to happen. We'll get um, something eventually. But uh, yeah, it was a really. I came out of it going, "This is amazing." To the point where I went and bought the F one game on PlayStation, playing with a mate. There's a new one coming. Yes, which is why I bought the. 19 because it was so cheap did you see so you were able to get it. i couldn't find I, it. it after the second season sold out yes. everywhere and then playstation store had a sale cheap and then it went back up again i was yeah. like i don't want to pay 100 bucks for it nah. the, the new one coming out then they put on sale again the new 18 one, bucks per, the new one i reckon's out in a soon. month or something very soon but i think uh, if you like that stuff the youtube rabbit holes is a great place to fall, fall down yeah top gear did a in terms of f1 like content, yeah. Top Gear did a tribute many, many years ago to Ayrton Senna. Mm-hmm. And it went goes for like 12 minutes, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Just a segment on one of their shows about his career and his life and his death. Yeah. Um, that's really good. Mm. Like in terms of if you like F1 or if you like Drive to Survive, just as a little bit of a, a dessert, yeah. um, that's a, an after-dinner mint yeah. <laughs> uh, of content. That's a really interesting thing to watch because they go through and they kind of talk about this guy who um, was a legend of the sport. Mm. And for the current generation, maybe not so much here, you obviously see Charles Leclerc's and, and Verstappen's. Which I think he's, I think I've found my team. Oh, no. I know I've come in oh, a bit no. of a bandwagon, 
but I love Leclerc. I think you know what you do with F1, you'll find this. I think you follow drivers. Yes. You just follow drivers. I think I'm going to just follow wherever Leclerc goes, which yeah. I think he's just going to be at Ferrari for the rest of his career. He'll be at Ferrari for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love him. And then he also, he streams he does. the game he does. in his big seat in English. He and um, he had the funny one recently where his girlfriend had to, did you see that? No. His girlfriend was locked out of the house and oh, couldn't no. get in. No, I, I did see that. And yes. she, she had to like. Subscribe to him and then. And pay. <laughs> pay $7 to comment. <laughs> and it was, he, was like, he was like, he was like looking at the messages going. Please let me in. <laughs> yeah, it was quite good. Um, but, so, yeah, there's that. And then fun fact, Lando Norris, actually. He's very funny. He he's is very good. playing Call of Duty Warzone with one of the bigger, probably biggest Warzone player at the moment. Okay. Yeah. He and, um, obviously, Dan Ricardo is joining McLaren yes. next year. He and uh, Lando will be box office. Yeah. Like in a, from a personality sense, yeah, from just a bouncing off from each an, other, from an and, online yeah. content video sense, he and Lando Norris will be hilarious. Well, I was like, I was watching a couple of videos of these Warzone games, and then he, they kept on saying Lando, Lando. I was like, like the only Lando I know of is not Lando Norris, it's Lando Bloom. <laughs> and then they came, and then he came up in a vi- like an intro to another video. As oh, I was playing with oh, like this guy and yeah. Lando Norris. Like, that's Lando fucking Norris. Lando Norris. But it's such a great way for these guys to build their profile. Oh, 100%. To a new gen. Like, yeah. you look at, God, like, we speak about being on the lip generationally. Ricardo's sort of on the lip yep. generationally because he's 30, 31. Yeah. But he's young at heart. Yeah, exactly. And that, that helps him. Whereas you look at guys like Vettel, Lewis, yep. Kimi Raikkonen, even uh-huh. a Valtteri, these guys that are a little bit more down the line. Yeah. And they're a little bit more old school. Whereas yeah. the next gen, uh, George Russell... Obviously, he does a fair bit of funny stuff. He, mm. He's on the streaming. Alex Albon. Yeah. Um, Norris and, and Leclerc are the, the two biggest ones. Yeah. And Verstappen's a little tiny bit more polished. Yeah, yeah. Because he's obviously in the really big seat at the moment. He's got the big drive. Yeah. Leclerc does too. But yeah, it's a, it was an interesting look behind. I think what I loved too was season one had... I think that's what it was because it was Ricardo-centric because he was moving yeah. to Renault. Season one had all the cool stuff with like yeah. um, Erica Bitbull and... Christian Horner. Yeah. And like the bit where a bit poor, they're going into the, the team principal press conference and he goes, I hear you need a driver <laughs> and an engine. Yeah. And it was just like, it was just like brilliantly funny. I hate, I despise, um, oh, old mate that has his son drive. Oh, Lawrence Stroll. Oh, fuck off. He wears really high pants. Yeah. Just like piss off. No one mate, wants you. Well, Go away. Bad news. He's, he's buying like, he's basically bought in. Yeah. So he's going to have his own team, which just, Lance Stroll's like an okay driver. As a person, I'm like, you were that cunt at school. <laughs> the guy with the billionaire dad <laughs> that we all went to Just school with. fuck off. <laughs> you're only getting a drive because exactly. you're old fucking man. Legit. But he's also got, he looks like Taylor Lautner. Yes. Got a lot of hair. He's a marketing absolute goldmine. Oh. But just, yeah. I'm trying to think, like, season two felt like it was bigger. I think because it... It had been set up so they yeah. could ramp it up. But it, at the same time, it felt like it was bigger, but I don't know. Sometimes that doesn't necessarily, particularly for docuseries, that doesn't necessarily mean better. I thought yeah. the first one had, you've almost got to, um, and obviously on the success of stuff like Drive to Survive, we had the test, which was mm-hmm. the cricket one, yeah. which was, have you seen that one? Yes. Which is very good. Great. I really liked how Justin Langer spent like every episode telling us how much he loves Virat Kohli. <laughs> I was like, by the end of it, I was like, we get it. We fucking get it. He's the best player ever seen. Yeah. Fucking hell. Batsman love Batsman. He's, he's fucking, we get it, Justin. You're a fan. 
Um, but that was well done. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Amazon are doing, I actually know brother-in-law's, I think it's my brother-in-law's brother-in-law right. is working on the Amazon AFL series. Oh. Um, which they which obviously had been. Do you know if it's a team, if they're following a team so, or. So the rumor, what well, I don't know the ins and ins and yeah. outs of it, but he's with a team following Eddie Betts. Okay. So I don't know if he's following as in the doco is going to focus on Eddie Betts or if he's doing Carlton. He's, he might be doing the Carlton bit. Yeah. So, but apparently they're like, it's full on as in we're always Carlton and not doing others. So that leads me to believe it might be more player focused, which is. Surely there's other players. Well, well, they, and then other team, other production it, teams. Even if it's Carlton, like there's a handful of Carlton players. I, it's a, tr- it's such a tricky philosophical thing. I think as a, as a filmmaker mm. to sort of go, are we doing Carlton or do we pick a good story amongst whatever the team might be? Yeah. Cause then we can kind of craft the narrative. Mm. Whereas we don't, I think sometimes teams might not be like for me, um, have you seen Year of the Dog, the Footscray one? Yes. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like that's 25 years old. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I would, as a Carlton, not even as a Carlton fan, it could have happened at any club. Mm-hmm. A, a docuseries on what happened at Carlton last year would have been box office. Mm-hmm. Like an access all areas. Yeah. Own, own the year. Like own... Because we all know what we can all see what's happening. I think especially after the Last Dance has come out as well. Oh man! I think that there's going to be so many more. Like, Ten years ago, mm. like oh, we just we'd love to film everything. Yep. So many. Nah, no, no, we are we are elite. We are this. We are that. The next fifteen years yep. of sports TV and movies and docos, whatever, it's going to be amazing. There's I'm a big be so fan of the idea. As a Carlton fan, mm-hmm. like my vision would be. Um, and Carlton sort of did a little bit with the journey, which they were watchable, but they were kind of like old mate commentating. Yeah, they were watch- <laughs> they were watchable, but not like amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like I appreciated they were, they were putting him together. Yeah, because they take a fucking oh. lot of effort to put together. Yeah, but my attitude was like, you know, what would have been amazing if you set up like an annual, so every year yep. at the end of the year mm-hmm. you do a hour long doco about the season, and just own it. You had to sack the coach. Own it. Yeah. We all know it. We all saw you do it. We all saw a lot of us agree with you doing it. We don't, I sympathize with it. It's a terrible position to be in, mm. but we all saw. So don't hide it. Yeah. Don't shy away from it. Media over here though, because I guess if it's AFL, it's basically it can only be, be here. Media over here is too, they, they, they won't. They don't see bigger picture. Yeah. They don't see this idea that a Carlton one last year, like I said, given the way, if you had a time machine, that would have been aired on Fox footy or whatever. You sit there and go, start the season with some optimism. You know, we're building, we're getting some good players in, blah, mm. blah. We go one and 10. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Same old, same old. Yeah. Fuck. Unrest, the coach gets the flick. Um, Steven Silvani under pressure. Yeah. This manager, legend. Imagine tension, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Teague comes in and all of a sudden the team does... What people kind of thought they might do. Yeah. You know, one six went six and five mm. and had a couple of close losses. And you sort of go, you had the ultimate tale of two halves, the lowest ebb you can get to in terms of one and ten sacking the coach, and then the sense of, holy shit, like it's actually maybe not that bad. Mm. Like we're actually technically 
Go to finals or <laughs> I don't want to go. We win our last four, but this By this idea, but this idea that like it would have just been a fantastic watch. Yeah, yeah. But you have to own 100%. the story. Yeah, like you have to, you have to own the ups and downs. See, it's good. It'll definitely be a while before something like that happens over here. This Amazon thing will be interesting. Yeah. To see what it looks like, and then more more internally, like does AFL do the AFL rights? I'm all for it. Like throughout this lockdown period, the more yeah. I think about it, I'm all for YouTube. I'm all for Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm all for Amazon. Yeah. Like AFL, Previously, I was like, why is Amazon doing a cricket thing? Yeah. I was like, what's this bullshit? But then like, I watched creative. it, I was like, actually, it's not that bad. <laughs> if, they want to, if they want to put the money in, yeah. and if they want to broadcast the game, and you think about it going, how much more money is an AFL rights deal worth to the AFL mm. if it's on Amazon? Yeah. If it's on Netflix? Imagine you're a stoner idiot living in Europe or living in the US or whatever yeah. and live. Or you're a huge... Who, what's huge what's that guy's name? Uh, Pat McAfee. Yeah. You love him. And then yeah. he, obviously, so you know about AFL scrolling through Amazon. Yeah. Oh, this is, oh, the, like, this is that AFL thing that they did. Yeah. Okay. Give it a watch. Then you bang. Watch this. Watch this. Yeah. That's gonna be that's gonna be more exposure than probably honestly going that, and playing games there. Oh, absolutely. That's what lets you potentially play games there. Yeah. Like at the moment, I think Fox Sports in America are going to play a few games, five, six games this weekend. Mm. But they're all on at like eleven in the eleven at night, four in the morning, yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. But you sit there. My attitude is like, the more I think about it, is. Yeah. they've got no sport over there at the moment. No. no. You're like, no. take the fucking risk yeah. and sell your rights to a one of those companies. Mm. And it's no different to us. We just access it yeah. by, by paying a monthly exactly. subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. it's no different to how people have Foxtel. Yeah. But I drive to survive. I agree, William. Yeah. I did enjoy it. Um, and it does, it informs well as yes. well. For the, you know, knows nothing like me. You come out going, oh, I know this, this, and this, which I didn't know before. You know what's awesome too? I love watching the old, um, they air them, it's weird. They go like these weird binge runs, Foxtel, air mm. the old season review, like the DVDs. But they go for like four hours and they are the most in-depth. They're just such a good watch. You just mm. chuck them on. I'll sit there and watch like the season review 2010. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you sit there and you just watch these, these F1 season reviews. And they're so brilliantly put together, which brings me... Why? Why is there no... Do you remember that was the season that was? That might be a little bit right on the lip of your era. So Channel 7 used to do a... That was the season that was that ran on... I can't remember it. uh, Grand Final Eve. So the idea was they did a year in review for like the whole competition, the big stories, the big moments. When was the last one, do you reckon? Early 2000s, nah, I reckon. I, 2001, maybe? Probably, nah, no way. I probably didn't care about football till like 08. Okay. But it was brilliant. So Channel 7 would run it mm. on Grand Final Eve yep. and then the footy marathon. Yep. So that was the season that was. Mm-hmm. This is where we're up to. All throughout, this is how we've got to here. Yep. And it was awesome. And it's like, stuff like that, I don't know why they don't do it anymore. Yeah. Even, like you think about, they, they want to grow the game. You have to show better homes and gardens before, oh, of course. Fucking hell, Noni, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> um, but like you think about way back when, um, they had like for many many years had the winners, which yep. just ran on a Sunday night, mm-hmm. and it was just the highlights of that week. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you make that, and then give it to Fox 
give it to the BBC. Yeah. Give it to, to say, just air it. You can have it. Yeah. And that's what I hope. I think, you know, you, you touched on it brilliantly. That's sort of my hope for this new age. 30 for 30 kind of started it. Mm. And then the last dance is sort of like the top of the mountain. Yeah. You think, you sort of look at it going, I don't think there's going to be anything that ridiculously good. Yeah. There'll still be amazing oh, things. Oh, yeah, 100%. But the fire, it lights under everyone, hopefully. Like, I assume there'll be a Kobe one in a couple of years. They'll go yeah. back and... They're doing a Tom Brady one. Yeah. Like, so, I think that hopefully for me, I totally agree, is that if if we ultimately get better Australian content out of it, mm. the stories are there to be told. Yeah. Then we're all winners. Mm. Yeah. So, Drive to Survive, mm-hmm. big fan. Big fan? Big fan. Did you did you you didn't tell us anything you didn't like this week? Um, you sort of lukewarm on. Oh, not even lukewarm. You were positive on First Man. Yeah, positive positive on First Man. I think. In love the, in Grey's Anatomy. Future eps, I will definitely try and have one that I really don't. You don't like. have to, and this is the no, point. Actually, we don't have I to. do have one for next week. Okay, all right. You don't have to have something that you don't like because yep. we don't want to be. It's that classic, that classic philosophy of like clickbait. Why is the ten? most overrated of something better than an article on the 10 most underrated. Mm. And we sort of hope that there are things here that we talk about week to week that you might have seen and you agree or disagree or things that you haven't seen. Like rounders. Like rounders. (laughs) Um, I don't begrudge you if you like the movie. Uh, I question (laughs) why. (laughs) But uh, I don't want to get into another talk about rounders. I I could speak more about that movie. It's not that it's bad. It's just like, it's just... There. It's just really not good. It's just, it's not even that. Like, it just sort of exists. <laughs> You're like, the film, like, Edward Norton's character gets him into all this shit <laughs> and then disappears from the movie. They go their separate ways and you're like... Not, yeah. Okay. Thanks for coming. Is he coming back? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't need him. I suppose his arc is wrapped up. He's moved on without his deadbeat friend. Like, I, yeah. I, let's closure, I suppose. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so what is your, at the end of obviously every, every episode, we'll have yep. like, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week. Of the things you watched. Things I watched or played yes. or read or anything. Um, just because it has, I guess, such a, for so many years as well. Oh, yeah. Such a big piece in my heart. Oh, yeah. Grey's Anatomy. No. Call of Duty Warzone. <laughs> Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, it's the old reliable. Yep. That you can fall back on and know what you're going to get. It's comfort food. Yeah, exactly. It's a bowl of warm soup. I hate soup. So it's more like a nice, oily yeah. HSP. Oh, yeah. Love, I love a HSP. You know what i got the massive craving for today? KC Tenders. I do like chicken tenders. Um, I, I have them downstairs. Um, I'm a big, big fan of the uh, local Chinese shop. Oh, and obviously okay. footy's back on tonight. Yeah. So I thought, tonight's the night. Yeah. We're going to go down. We're going to get some sesame chicken plum sauce. Oh, boy. Some satay chicken skewers. Oh, mama. So uh, any local chickens, look out. Because <laughs> you're going to be on my plate. <laughs> Enjoy your last <laughs> afternoon because you're coming my way. Um, my pick of the week is uh, not because I let off with it at number yeah. one, but uh, it's Superman. Yeah. Having reread, I've read it probably three times now. Yeah. And as I said off the top, absolute my most. I'm not. I'm not a crazy Superman guy because um, mm-hmm. I find that he's a difficult character to do right. Master. 
he's a really hard character just to because he's impervious, you know, invulnerable. Yeah. It's sort of like you can only kryptonite kills him, and it's like yeah. it's it's he's a weird character. He's so perfect. I think even before anyone's seen a movie, people know what Superman is. Yeah, and it's kind of he's a yeah. difficult guy to really nail. But yeah. for me, like I said, I've read this three times. I read it recently, which is why it's on hint now, and it's absolutely. Back to front, front to back cover, absolutely magnificent. Yeah. Um, I still find myself every so often I'll read that that opening prologue floors me every time I read it, and uh, and certainly other sections of the book as well. So that's my pick of the week. If you love Superman, if you love sort of um, pop culture mythology, uh, that's a really really underrated slice of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fifteen years old, so it's it's there's a lot of time between its release and now. It's somewhat forgotten, but definitely. How did you find it? Um. There's a store in the city on Elizabeth Street called Minotaur. Right. And they had many, many years ago, um, I don't know if it was on a display or something. Um, and it was literally just a case of, I saw it and I was kind of like, it's a book. And I was like, oh, it's a book. It's like, okay. And I read the, you know, the blurb and whatever. And then I must have gone home and just like researched like done read a re- reviews and whatever and a few reviews were absolutely glowing yep. they said it's fantastic it's this it's this and i went oh yeah cool so next time i was in town i just went and i bought it um and that was really as simple as that and as i said it's just absolutely magnificent mm. recommend can recommend do recommend nice good excellent so that's it for us for today what we'll do now is obviously starting tonight um, we each record like a proper kind of index of what we've consumed uh, and then we'll pick sort of the four or five that best take our fancy for good, better or otherwise. Um, and we might, what I'll do obviously week to week is when we do it, Will will give me his list and then we'll just like graphic them up. Yep. So you see the whole list of what we've watched or read or listened to or whatever. Um, and we obviously encourage those who listen to us to do the same. For sure. Tell us what you're listening to, what your picks are, what you recommend. Um, something that you would like us to watch or read or whatever. Recommendations. Um, that'll be handy because otherwise you find yourself sort of listlessly going through um, your hard drive or Netflix. There is honestly nothing worse than no, having no idea. Yeah. And then when you have, especially in being in a relationship, you then have to have two people that have, have, have no consensus. idea. Yeah, and then it's, oh, I really feel like watching this movie I've watched five times. I'd but- rather go for a walk on the Baltic. <laughs> It's yeah. It's um. So hopefully, if, I guess if we can give you our list to then add to your list, that's the aim. Community of sharing exactly. back and forth. So yeah. So like I say, it all starts again for us from the moment we click off, um, and then we'll we'll go from there. We'll reconvene next week and uh, shoot the shit. Mm-hmm. What? Where can they find you on Twitter, by the way, Will? Um. Oh, it depends what kind of handle they're going for. Are this we, is are the we... problem. <laughs> you got weird Twitter handles. One of them spoke to me one day, and I actually didn't know who it was. <laughs> and it was only sometime later where I, I was like, I think that's Will. So I think my most, uh, I guess, active Twitter handle. We can go for. Um, I've actually just it's not coming to straight to my head to be honest. Uh, <laughs> so obviously my name Will Peters. Um, I've switched around. Yeah. A common nickname is Willie P. Yep. Uh, my Twitter handle is PillyW26. It is too. So, um, that, was, that was the one that spoke to me. And I was like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> it's like, is this Will? So it's, uh, it's yeah. I'd like to basically comment on lots of things. A lot, a lot of the time, live television and uh, 
general sporting events and maybe occasionally troll some journalists. Uh, you do like to do that occasionally. From, yeah, from this account. So, Have you been blocked? Uh, no, Ooh. not yet. I got blocked by someone one day and I don't actually think I'd ever spoken to them. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Yeah, I mean, like the other day, I was commenting on Big Brother, and there's probably the most famous person to come out of the last lot of Big Brothers, Tully Smith. She's now oh, a model. Yes, yes. She was the one that was lesbian and yes. then got with a guy. She did. She was basically uh, waiting for a hot person in the context of the tweet, and she goes, "Is there any um, like are they going to be as hot as our season?" And Ooh. then I commented, "Are they going to be just as shallow?" <laughs> um, and got a couple likes, no blocks. Um, because I suppose all she wants is likes. That's true. And views. I don't want and... to go. We don't want to. We're wrapping up the show, yeah. so we don't want to do too much of a deep no. dive on Big Brother. But good at it. How seriously have they not ever seen Big Brother? The whole idea is that it's live. Yeah. And we vote those idiots out. Exactly. I've got no interest if it's just Survivor in a house. I can. I can see. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I can see why they're changing it up because obviously there's no longevity, but the UK can have it for 50 years and nothing's wrong with but it. This is what they do. Like they took it away for a while. Yep. That's fine. Just bring it back. Yep. Give it a go. And if it doesn't work, don't do it again. Exactly. It's fine. You, but you have to do it right. You have to do it like live. Mm. You have to do it week to week, yep. nightly show. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I remember hearing the idea, and, and I remember what a big deal the first one was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they obviously diminished a bit. And then yeah. they bought it back again. It yeah. was all right. It just has a it just has a lifespan of two or three years. Yeah. And there is There is away. elements of the show that, depending on what I watch this week, I may or may not touch on mm-hmm. um, if it gets into my list, but it's... Uh, I think it'll be on your list. Yeah. But whether or not it's... It gets brought up is gets another question. Up is another yeah. question. I, I think I might give it a go just to... Yeah. I haven't watched it at all. I could probably say you probably don't need to watch the first couple of episodes. I watched the first two. Mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the, the Channel 7 brass. <laughs> the guy in head office goes, I watched the first two. Mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, thank you very much for listening to us. This first week's episode, we'll obviously do it again next week. Um, and we'll uh, sort of kick off the, the sort of show proper after this sort of introduction, I suppose, more than mm. anything else, where we'll have sort of our full lists and full discussions and what Some whatnot. sort of form. Some sort of form. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. A template. Because full of tangents. How, how long have we been going? A long time, Will. <laughs> But that's the point. So good luck to getting through the first episode. We'll, well see you on the second. It's a ramble. <laughs> that's the point. It's a ramble. It's just something to have on the background whilst you live your life. <laughs> but no, thank you very much for joining us too. Uh, obviously, remember to get in touch uh, if you feel like it. Will at Pilly... Pilly W26. say Pilly Wee. Get on it. Pilly W26. I'm Sean Peter Budge, all one word. Uh, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>